The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy and Money this evening on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you listen to our program, thank you so much for tuning in. And you can always be a part of our show by following both of us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at Nick of Ebray. A new era has hit the All Andy Alfred Podcast Network as tonight, for the first time in over a year, we relaunch an old show. Bring in a new old friend of the podcast. And it's time for a special show. It's time for Andy and Money. It's cha-ching time, baby! As this is Andy and Money right here on the Anchor Network as you are listening to us on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, however you're listening to us tonight, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you from the bottom of both of our hearts for tuning into the podcast tonight as this is Andy and Money Yours truly, all Andy Elford, of course, joined by the baseball hipster, the 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 Mac Daddy of food reviews, the Mac Daddy of of Nintendo Switch, the Chicago sports loving fan himself, the MLB blog writer himself, Nick of the man himself, Mon- Nick the Money Man Devera. Welcome in, Nick, to our show again. We're back on the air. Oh, are we? Yes, we are. We're on the air right now. All right. We're on the air. Welcome in to a new era of this podcast. We've done this show back in the past, and we did it on the old Mixcloud. We liked oh, what they did. Yeah. We liked what we they Cloud. did back in the day. and um, But, of course... With us, the All Andy Alfred Network being on the Anchor Network, we are now on all the platforms. Whether like they like we talked about iTunes with Apple, you can listen to us while you're in the car. You can listen to us on Spotify while you're on your laptop at 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 the office, or however you listen to us. Millions of ways. Millions and millions of ways of listening to us. Smartphones, tablets. You know, we're not going to get all into that, but it is truly a pleasure. To bring this podcast, this is a bi-weekly podcast, by the way. Mm-hmm. So we, this is not going to be done every single week. We're going to have, of course, Nick in bi-weekly to talk sports, recap everything that's been happening in the world of sports as well. We've got a lot to get into tonight, of course. So um, before we begin, let's plug the Twitter handles right now so we get that right out of the way. Right out of the way. Right out of the way, right off the gate. I am at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred. Uh, you can find me at Nick of Ypres, at N-I-C-K-O-F-Y-P-R-E-S. Again, that is at N-I-C-K-O-F-Y-P-R-E-S. And Nick is always writing on his uh, on his on his Twitter account as well too yes. during the baseball season. Now, by the way, I gotta give credit to him. He did a fantastic piece on WGN Sports, as um, as mo- many of you have known that WGN is not going to be covering the White Sox or the Cubs going into next season. 
had a fantastic piece. I got to give credit for that. Um, absolutely fantastic. It was, it, it really showed showed that you know that you're you were passionate about uh, the the sports spectrum in 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 the Chicago area. So I got to give credit for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know there was nothing better than my late teens and young adult life, or home from work at night, and oh hey, the socks are on. Let's listen to Hawk and Stone. Yeah, or DJ Darren Jackson, depending on uh, what year it is, and just you know watching the Sox lose probably. And then you had the Bulls sometimes in the yes. winter at the same yes. time too. And uh, the Blackhawks were on there too, but not nationally, only in local, Chicago because, in the local market because NBC has the rights to the national games in the United States. So they were on WGN too, but only on Channel Nine in Chicago. You wouldn't get them on the Superstation. Of course, of course. So, well. We're going to break it into everything, and if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, you know, then welcome in. Um, Let's get right into it. You know, it's fresh in our minds, and let's talk about the National Football League, first and foremost. Week 9 has come in, and we have, you know, we have passed the halfway point of this season. We have a lot of winners and a lot of losers so far. We don't have a clear cut, in my opinion, Nick. We don't have a clear cut, like front runner to win the whole thing this year. No, I think Baltimore kind of laid the blueprint how to stop New England last night. I agree. I totally agree. And you know, and Belichick wasn't. But for me, I think they didn't play well because they. I have that feeling that New England is going to be playing Baltimore later on in the playoffs. Oh, so they were holding their cards back to, of what's good on the defensive end of thing, defensive end of sports and stuff like the defensive end of their play. They were holding them back because they didn't want to release the whole playbook in front of them and say when the playoffs come, oh we this they did this, they did right. this and they you did this and then, and then we can have everything planned out. Right, you're not going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at them. You got to let them uh, you know, yeah, like you said, you got to save some stuff. And but yet the blueprint was laid out, and Baltimore does get the win, and they win by seventeen, which is the, which was the surprise yeah. of the whole thing. And they beat Seattle last week too. Yeah, right? and, so, you know, in the, coming from an, a team that's in the AFC North, you know that division is now was opened after Ben Roethlisberger went down with an injury. After that went down, that he went down for the injury. It was it was either Baltimore's division to win, or, or Cleveland Cleveland to win, yeah. and that is a I, I have to say it is a mess in Cleveland. Uh-huh. It honestly is. I think Cleveland has the wrong man at the helm at head coaching. I think Freddie Kitchens. He was a good hire, for you know he's a players coach. But you need stability on the sidelines, and he doesn't bring. He doesn't honestly. He doesn't for me. He doesn't bring it to me because their two wins this year, you know, are what it was against mediocre low end teams that aren't. Are, they are, they did beat Baltimore though. They did beat Baltimore. They did beat Baltimore. They, I I will say that they did beat Baltimore, but being shellacked in Foxborough. Being beaten in Denver this past Sunday, lost to Tennessee. Lost to Tennessee, which is a that that right there. Lose to the Rams on national television. Yeah. You get beat by the Niners, the and, and the Niners is a surprise. And we'll get to yeah. them. We'll get to the a- NFC here in just a second. 
But the AFC to me with the Browns and how bad they are this year, it's just a, it's just a total shock. Yeah, the thing with the Browns too is I I totally one hundred percent understand why they went for the Kitchens. Him and Baker got along last year when he was the play caller after they got rid of uh, Jackson and Todd Haley. But with such, and I get that there's a lot of talent on that team, but there's also a lot of youth on that team. They should have hired some coach. It didn't have to be a world beater, just somebody who's done it before. It's like when the Bears uh, rebuilt and they hired John Fox. John Fox isn't a great coach, but he's done it before. Uh And I think that was their big problem. I'm not not sure who they could have gotten. I'm not saying they should have kept Hugh Jackson, but they should have gotten just gotten some veteran coach who knows the X's and O's, knows how to control a locker room. Maybe a Dennis Allen or a Jack Del Rio, just somebody who's been there before. Are there two wins this year? They beat the Jets. They beat the Jets on Monday night. That was the second game of the year. They laid an egg opening day against the against Tennessee. They beat the Ravens. They lose on Sunday night to the Rams. Yeah. They get uh, absolutely blown out again on Monday night to, by the 49ers. That was and then and then play competitive against Seattle but lose to Seattle on the last drive of the game they lose 32 to 28 yeah and then they go they get the bye they lose to the Patriots 27 to 13 then this past week they lose to Denver 24 to 19 and looking at their schedule going forward they got Bills Mafia coming in Oof. on Sunday in in Cleveland. in Cleveland it's in Cleveland okay Cleveland is the two and a half point favorite which is really? a surprise in that game. Really? We're doing this podcast on Monday. They're the two and a half point favorite in the game against Buffalo. Buffalo six and two. We'll get to the East here in just a second. They have the Steelers at home. It's a Thursday night game the next week, okay. and then they are at home against Miami. That's a that could be a win. That could be a win. That's, that's they go they they go to Pittsburgh. Oh, two and three weeks. Two and three weeks. Yeah. Oh. And then they have the the Bungles. They're on the road in the desert against the the Cardinals. They have the Ravens again at home. And then they finish the season on the 29th against the Bengals. So you think about it, the Cincinnati games could be a win. Yeah, they definitely will be. Uh, Baltimore Baltimore will probably be be the loss. loss, The Cardinals is a toss-up in my opinion. Probably a loss. I think so too. The I think the Steelers is a is a is a fifty fifty. I think they'll split them. I think that's what it's a fifty fifty. I think it's a fifty fifty with that. I think they'll win the home. But I think they will, this week against Buffalo. I I don't see how they're two oh, and a half point yeah, favorites. Yeah, defense eat them up. Allen is just a beast when it comes to 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 being at the quarterback helm. Well, his he's he's an okay quarterback, but with that defense, that's all you have to be. With that good defense they have, just an average offense, and they're gonna. That's why they've been so good. Josh Allen this season is his QBR rating right now is a thirty-seven point three percent. He's got ten touchdowns, seven seven interceptions. He averages about six point eight yards a throw, and he has attempted a hundred and forty-eight passes out of two hundred and forty-three attempts. So it's not that bad. He's not that bad, but how bad the secondary is for the Browns, he could torch them pretty oh, easily. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then you've got you got Frank Gore on the running back ska- spectrum. Absolutely could just be, could torch up that defensive line who is absolutely terrible as well, too. 
But, you know, do do we expect that the Browns were going to make a make a playoff push? Hell yeah. How bad that they went out and got they have Odell Beckham, they get Kareem Hunt who's now coming back this week. Oh, finally. He's after the, it's been 8 weeks oh, since his his suspension. He is supposed to be back this week. And Nick, I want your opinion about this cuz I've I've been talking to my listeners on on the other podcast. I think that getting rid of Nick Chubb out of the situation and putting Kareem Hunt in, in there is a bad situation. I think it's an absolutely total bad situation. He is a hot hand running back that has just absolutely contorched the defense. And looking at looking at his stats so so far this season, Chubb has gotten a total of eight hundred and three rushing yards. He averages about a game. He averages about about five point two yards a carry. He's attempted one hundred and fifty four carries for eight hundred and three yards. He's got six of the touchdowns. His yards a game is a hundred point four percent. His he only has had two fumbles. He has had only two, two lost balls. I mean, he's a, he's a decent runner, and I think that you you put him in. I think you you don't put Kareem Hunt in the situation and bring in a guy who's been sitting on the bench for eight weeks. Either you give him limited reps, rotate him in and out from Nick Chubb, but I think Nick Chubb is the the guy they should go for. They honestly should. I think they'll probably go with the rotation. Because you understand, he hasn't played in eight weeks. But it also means he hasn't worn any wear any tear on his legs in eight weeks. That's true. And if the season was starting today, would you rather have... I mean, let's say or let's say he wasn't suspended. Let's rephrase that. Week one, would you start Chubb or would you start Hunt? If you were... I'd start Kareem Hunt. I would. Okay. After, after, after the performance he had with Kansas City last year, and then the whole situation going down, not looking at all that... Right. Looking at all that, I would start Kareem Hunt over Nick Chubb. But the way that he finished the season last year, it, it raised a lot of eyebrows towards a lot of people that saying, you know, this guy's a kind can be an elite runner at the same time too. But you know, it's it's just the way it is. And then you have Odell Beckham, who is has only eight thirty nine reception this year. For 575 yards. He only has one touchdown this year. No, I, I one it, touchdown. I think it was that low. That's He averages 14.7 yards a, a catch. And Jarvis Landry has a total of 555 total catching yards. Out of 36 catches this year. He only has one TD. The real guy is Seals Jones, who's a tight end. He has 155 total yards. For nine, uh, nine catches, he's got two touchdowns. This guy has been sitting on the practice squad. He has more touchdowns than OBJ and Landry. It's absolutely amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But Do you think OBJ is quit? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Uh, it's going to take a, I think it's going to take a, a new regime to come in and being into, for Freddie to, in the, for, for Haslam to get the players to where they need to be competitive. Kitchens to me is a guy that basically, and I'll, I'll put it lightly, won a contest to be the head coach of the Browns, and ha- and he won a game against the Jets, and he's won. He was one and one in his first two games, and Haslam said, "You know what? Just stay out there. Let's see how. Let's see how it goes. Let's just see how it goes." Because 
He is not a play caller. No. He is not a. He is not a solid. He doesn't. If he wants to be a play caller, let him be an offensive or a defensive coordinator. That's his plan. He was an offensive coordinator for the longest period of time when Hugh Jackson was there. Let him be an offensive coordinator. Find somebody that's going to be a somebody who's going to be a head coach. But well, there's nobody out there that's that that could that could raise an eyebrow. Right. And that's the thing. Well, Eric Crutchio, one thing. He was only the offensive coordinator the last few weeks. Before that, he was just a running backs coach. Yeah. But, you know, you're right. He either, he either should be the coach or he should be the offensive play caller. Don't do both. Sometimes you have to split that up. Mike McCarthy uh, gave up his play call a few years ago in Green Bay. Andy Reid's given his up at times. I mean, you have to look for the better of the team. And let me ask you this. Do you think Freddie Kitchen survives the offseason? No. I, I think if he goes down the stretch and he loses, I don't know, their la- I mean, we've talked about it. He loses at least four out of the next six games, they're going to run him out of town. They are really going to run him out of town. And that's just, and that's just, that's just from my opinion. And that's from hearing about it and watching the media and looking at the coverage. Absolutely looking at the coverage because we're not just hearing it locally here we're hearing it nationally that's now. right yeah and that's that's when it's gonna get that's when it's gonna get scary because that's when haslam has to say uh, he raises his eyebrows oh wait a minute let's let's take a look at let's take a look at the situation that's happening on the on the thing but other than the browns turmoil we'll get to that any other surprises at the afc that you think right now uh oakland yeah uh, oakland is the surprise oakland buffalo um, go through divisions and all that. Baltimore, actually, Bal- AFC and the Chargers have been really bad this year too. Mm-hmm. Of course, they had a nice win last. They night. had a really nice win and shocking, not only me but shocking Nick at the same time too. Going into Green Bay, that was in Los. Angeles. Oh, it was in Los Angeles. You know the 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 Packers going across the country, coming into to the stadium. I forget the name off the top of my head. It's like Hard Rock or something. Yeah, it cha- it changed names. Change name. It used to be Universal or Universal Resort yeah, used Stadium or something like that. This used to be StubHub Center. Now they go in there, and they get beat. Not only beaten, they were up sixteen to nothing on Green Bay. That was glorious. It was absolutely fantastic to see. But you know, the surprise to me so far is that you know Kansas City is still winning the division out there in the West. Without Patrick Mahomes, yeah, and without a defense, and without a defense at the same time, yeah. and like you said, the Raiders being being competitive at right now at five hundred at four and four, you know, they're giving their fans something to look forward to, and a big win yesterday against against my Lions, and we'll get to yeah. that here in just a second, but oh. it's just for me the surprise is this: New England is still good because even with them. Winning it all and Gronk being gone now, Edelman stepping into the role as Gronkowski now, being the screen pass guy. We saw that last night a little bit. Um, New England is still New England, yes. but but for me, the Bills wagon is coming up behind. Yeah, them. it's coming, and they're uh, and they were they were competitive against against uh, New England last time last time when they were up yeah. by Ralph Wilson lost by a score. Yeah, lost by a score. So I mean. It'll be interesting. The AFC this year as whole has just been kind of upside down. It's been a flip flop. I mean, Colts are hanging in there too without luck. 
Yeah. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett's been good, and now he's down with an injury. We don't know if he's going to be able to play next week. He got popped during during the game against against the Steelers. He was it was on his playing foot. We don't know if he's going to be able to play. But we have Monday night tonight, of course, as we're doing the podcast here on Monday, the fourth uh, of November. We have Dallas and and the Giants. Of course, mm-hmm. we'll get to the a and well let's let's go right into it right now. The NFC. Um, Overall, for me, the NFC, you know, the North is the toughest division, I think, now in all of the NFL. The NFC North is the toughest division. I say the West. You think it's the West? Well, you got... Why, why would you say... Why do you think it's the West? Okay, we got the Rams, who are the defending NFC championship team. Okay. Still super good. They are Sean McVay, Goff, Gurley, blah, blah, blah. You got Pete Carroll, the GOAT, and his Seahawks. Playing really well, and you got the upstart, surprising young Jimmy G led Forty ers Then the and the Forty ers are really the the, uh, the last yeah, team in all the NFL that. that has not lost a football game at a perfect eight no. But for me, the North is 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 a is the toughest division. You have Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and the and that and that wide receiving core and the defense that they have there. You have Minnesota that with Kirk Cousins. Absolutely fantastic! After fantastic, I love the way you said his name. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, That's the way it. you have to say his name. And then you have, you know, you have the Lions with Matthew Stafford, and then you have the Bears. And I, and I know, right? If we were doing this as a Facebook live show, you'd be seeing what Nick's wearing right now. He's wearing a Bears Cutler jersey right now, and. I, and underneath it, another uh, Bears hoodie. So I, I, I've got to ask you this. What is wrong with the Bears? Uh, Mitch Trubisky stinks. Um, last year, we gave him a, a lot of leg room, a long leash, because it was his first year with uh, Matt Nagy, the new system. He had new personnel. They upgraded the wide receiving core for him. His team with John Fox was garbage. was rubbish. Um you know, he started out slow last year. His best game of the year was uh, against Tampa Bay. Then they had the bye, came out rusty, got hurt, came back with rusty. This year, there's just there's no excuses. This is year two. You know the system. You know the playbook. You know the roster. Uh, you know, and you know the schedule in front of yeah, you. Yeah, and, and and I know last year the O line. Last year the line was pretty good. It wasn't New England or Dallas good. But it was pretty good. And that probably propped him up, too. This year, the O-line stinks. He's regressed. He's playing scared. Uh, he, I don't know what the hell he's doing out there. Luckily, I haven't, I haven't watched the last two games because they haven't been on locally. So I, but he, a lot of people are going after Matt Nagy. And I'm not saying that Coach Nagy is absolved of any blame. I'm just saying it's hard to call a good offensive game and scheme when your quarterback stinks, okay, and the defense is—that's why I bad wanted to pick too. your. I was picking your brain about that. The defense was so strong last year, and now it is just a total polar opposite. Yeah, we. I figured it would regress a bit because they lost Vic Fangio, took the head job uh, in Denver. Yep, and uh, you know they led the league in turnovers last year, and that that fluctuates. You can't predict turnovers. Mm-hmm. It, that's a play by play type type thing, but. Uh, you know, the offense stinks. 
They went three and out the first couple drives yesterday, watching the game on uh, game on the phone, the Statcast, whatever. Um, the defense is getting out there. They're getting tired. Uh, did you watch that Bears Saints game? Yes. That defense was worn out by by the halftime. That's why they were getting clobbered. So yeah, Akeem Hicks is out and Blyam Nichols is out, and that is a bit of a problem. But it's still a good unit, and but they're just they're getting tired and they're getting worn out. So do you, you think know. that they're because because of how bad the offense is because they've been going three and out and that defense is being out, let out on that field for so long? That's probably why they're yes. getting they're getting their yes. ba- basically they're getting beaten both sides of the ball. Yes, and that there's no way. If, what do you do, what do you have to do? What I mean, we were past the free agency point. Right. For the Bears to go out and pick somebody up, you know, and it just it it doesn't get easier for for the Bears. I mean, no. I, I'm looking at the schedule. You go to L.A. Yeah. to battle the Rams. Right. You have the Lions in in a span of two games in four weeks. Yeah. Okay, it, yeah. and then you've got you're at home against Dallas. Mm-hmm. You've got Green Bay. Mm-hmm. You got Kansas City yeah. when you're gonna get Mahomes back, right. and then you gotta go to Minnesota yeah. to end the season. Yeah, I mean this is, I mean for me as a, if I was a Bears fan, I'd be, I'd be, I'll be out on the on on the blue line looking to try to get hit by the by the next car yeah. that's coming by. Yeah, you know between you and me, uh, in, in, the, in our audience here, uh, I told my dad that when they got blown out. By the Saints, and that they had a lot of garbage time points. Well, the like thirty-six to twenty-five. Yeah. I mean, but the, like you said, garbage it was garbage. Time. It was it was done by halftime. It I, was done by halftime. I told my dad. I said, look at their demeanor on the field. I said, this team is not winning another game, the rest of the year. Now, there's things they can do. They can start Chase Daniel, which a little better, but he's not really. That's why he's the backup. You can start Tyler Bray. Yeah. The third stringer guy on the practice squad. At this point, I say just start him. You have nothing to lose at this point. He's going to be just as bad as Trubisky if he's going to be terrible. Uh, you know, and, and they only have a first-round draft pick this year because they sent it off to Oakland for Khalil Mack, Mack. which yeah. last year was a great deal. This year, well, now we're going to finish probably in last, last place, place in the division. I'm going to have to sing uh, 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 Gridiron Heroes yeah, on, your, on your regular show at the end of the year. Well, you never know because... We'll get to the Lions here in just a second, well, but are we are we doing it by season series, like the games, just those two games, or by the end of the year? Stats? Right end of the year stats. I thought we were doing it by okay. the end of the year okay. stats so because finishes, okay. who finishes whoever finishes higher in the division, the loser has to sing the sing the fight song. So okay. it'd be like sure like last year, you guys, you guys had the division, right? And because it was Aaron Rodgers was down. Well, Didn't you guys had the wild? Card? You guys were the wild card team, weren't you guys? No, last we, year? no, we won the north. You won the north last year, oh, right? Twelve and four. Okay, so you guys were we won the division. You lose to Philadelphia, yeah. In 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 and unfortunately, I have to say the double doink. Yeah, and it was such. And that's through. and and then the the national media makes such a big case about that. Yeah, and I'm just like, why? Why? And I mean, we pick it up and we move on. Actually, their kicker this year, Eddie Pinheiro. It's is, fantastic. Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> he is fantastic. That's the one thing they carried over from last year. It's so good that they actually upgraded us to kicker, Eddie Pinheiro. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the Bears are, they, they lose this week to Philadelphia. They try to get retribution from what happened last year in the playoffs. But, you know, 
the for right now for me I think the signature win so far this year has to be against Washington because they went out and just utterly dominated the yeah. Washington team, thirty one to fifteen. And yeah. after that, you go to London, you lose to the, the Raiders, Raiders yeah. by only a field goal. Give the Raiders the honestly their first one of the year, and then. You haven't once. Yeah, you, you beat the Broncos on on a game winning field goal at the end of the game in week two. But other than that, you know. Well, I think it was Oakland's second win. But well, you did beat the Vikings. That's yeah, with Chase Daniel. With Chase Daniel. That's probably the signature win. That's because you we you you at least get one win against the division. The divisional opponent. Uh, but they're getting smoked Sunday by the Lions. Yeah, uh, it's gonna that's be actually a Monday night game. That's next Monday night. Monday night game is. The it's the Lions and the it, Bears. It's Monday night. I thought it was. I thought, I thought it was Sunday. But uh, yeah, it, uh, my apologies. It is Sunday. Okay. It will be a one o'clock kick on. It will be on CBS. So we probably won't get it because we're in the Browns market because the Browns are playing oh. the. Why is, it, why is it on CBS? I don't know because the Fox has got the Chargers and the Raiders as the Thursday as the Thursday night game. So two AFC teams. On Fox, they have to substitute an oh. AFC game for an NFC an NFC game, so they chose the Bears and the oh, Lions as it. the as the game. I know, it's absolute bullshit. I'm off this weekend too. I, I know. It. Well, let's watch until it got uh, you know out of control. Out of control. Uh, of course, as you are listening to Andy and Money tonight, right here on the Anchor Network. And that is what the plethora of platforms, Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, however you're listening. Let's we'll dive in let's dive in a little bit more into this NFL spectrum and this NFL chat. Let's dive in a little bit more of the NFL spectrum, of course, and um I wanna talk about my Lions really quickly. They go into Oakland, this last time they're playing in Oakland. Because they will the next time that they oh, play the Raiders they'll be in Vegas. Yeah, okay, they go into the black hole. I figured that they would be competitive, and they were completely competitive in this game. But in the end, in the end, the Raiders come back and win this football game. It was an absolute shock by me, by by yours truly. They get a touchdown late, and they get the big defensive stop, and it helped the Lions, it helped the Raiders' case, and they get a win in front of the hole, in front of the black hole, and now they're at five hundred, yeah. and. I I just had to look at the stats up really quickly. Stafford twenty six for forty one. He had a total of four hundred and six total yards. His QBR rating was a sixty five point three percent, which is really good for the game. He had three touchdowns. He had one pick in the game, but on the opposite side, he had Derek Carr. He was twenty for thirty one. He only had two hundred eighty nine yards, and he had two touchdowns. I took the Raiders in the pickums. You took the Ra- you took the Raiders took in the, the pick. Raiders. You took the Raiders. Joe Joe took the Lions. I said, mm, take the Raiders. I my for the first time, Nick, in my all my years of picking, I went under five hundred for the first time yesterday. I'm now I'm now six and seven in my picks. This game tonight on Monday night between Dallas and the Giant in the G Men, I have Dallas winning this game. I do too. I have Dallas winning this game. If they win this game, then I get to back to five hundred, and I'll be like, okay, this week is salvageable. I can, I can do it. But if I go six and eight, this will be the first time in over three years that I've gone under five hundred for the week. Nice, very, very nice. <laughs> I'm in eight thousand four hundred forty fifth place. Eight thousand. 
Auto. But how? What? What is the percentage you just showed me of your pro- projections? I'm doing better than ninety nine percent of everyone else. Wow. Wow. And that's because of the probably the New England game yesterday, probably. Well, that's overall. That's I. Oh, that's overall. Wow. I've been, I've been nailing it all year. Wow. Yeah. So looking at the Lions' schedule, finishing up our NFL chat, they've got the Bears this upcoming week. Mm-hmm. They're at home against Dallas. That's a loss, in my opinion. They go to Washington. That's a win, oh, I think. A, that's, that's definitely a, big, a win. That's a big win. Then, then Thanksgiving Day, they have the Bears at home. Then they go to Minnesota to play the Vikings. They have Tampa Bay at home. I think that could be a toss-up game, I think, in my opinion. They should win that They game. should win that they game. They go over to Mile High in the cold in December. To battle the Broncos, I think that's going to be a snowy game. That could be a toss. Ooh, that'd, that'd be, be a good one. I hope so. That'd be a that'd be a toss up, and then they finish the season with Green Bay. So, is there any chance that I I see this team winning the division? No, I think I think you take what we can get out of this season. I think looking at it, the game against Arizona should have been a game that we should have won that game. Mm. We should have not have given up that game so late. And it's going to cost us now the season. I think it's going to really cost us the season because of a tie is it it doesn't help our case out. And in all reality, that game should have been a loss. Well, actually, what really screwed your season over was the refs and that Monday night game. The Monday night game. I, I, all right, I want to get your opinion about NFL officiating here in just a second. But I think. If that game, if they would have won that game, and they should have won that game, they, they should, they would have had control. I think of the division. Yes, because they would have been what five, three and one. Yep. So they would have been what two, a game behind Green Bay, Bay. but with the win game, against, win against Green Bay. So basically, but they, the following week they would play Minnesota, and that could have been a different scenario yeah. situation. They, they could have been, they could have won against yeah. Minnesota, but have been leading the division. But in all reality. It is the NFL officiating that is what that costs them the game, and I I want your uh, your expert opinion about this. I and I want you to put your expert opinion. I don't want your fan opinion about it. I know he's just putting his hat on right now. Have we not seen worse officiating ever in the NFL this season than it has been in the last few seasons? And then this is going back to the strike. Yeah, this is probably the worst. Uh season I I can recall in a long time. There's I mean every year there's inconsistency. There's, there's, I think it's yeah. inconsistency. And there's and look, there's big missed calls throughout the year. That happens. You can't see everything. We all can agree with that. But this year they're flagging everything. Everything. And they're just they're screwing it up. Not only are they flagging everything, most of the time they're making the wrong call. Yeah. They're making the wrong call in every situation and the fact is that they can't they can't honestly. Some of the calls that they make is 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 a, as I it's as I'm questioning right on my on my couch. I'm like, how is that a how is that a hold? The Lions game against Green Bay is the perfect example of this. When you have somebody yeah. that is a hands hands to the face and it's clearly not a hands to the face, he's putting his hands on the guy's chest, and you're flagging it. And I said this to I said this to Nick. When we were chatting once uh, earlier, to me, every time that they got flagged was on a third down play, which gave and they weren't. And Green Bay did not convert that the play. So what happens? A flag gets thrown on the field. 
They get the automatic first down, which sends them down the field. And I think that's absolutely atrocious, in my opinion. I've been saying it for years. There's four teams in the league that will always get the questionable call in their favor. It's going to be the Patriots, mm-hmm. the Cowboys, mm-hmm. the Steelers, and Green Bay. And there is I, a... I agree with you. I'll throw a fifth team out there for you. Let's hear it. I'll say New Orleans. Because of how bad they got oh. screwed last year... The officiating has been more towards them than anything else. It's it's Green Bay, it's New England, it's Dallas, it's it, 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 it it's, it's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, and it's it, it, it and it, it's New Orleans. Those five teams get all the breaks when it comes to get officiate to officiate. Oh, definitely. plain and simple, absolutely plain and simple when it comes to that. So we are both in agreements on that. I, I, I'm, I'm very, very shocked by that a little bit. And it's just, like I said, the inconsistency is just... It, right. It, it, and they, they screwed the Lions. And look, I, after that first preseason game where Stafford played a quarter and you said, Oh, Patricia's dumb. He's an idiot. The Lions are absolutely screwed. My thought on the Lions going into this year yep. was, I said, okay, they're going to have a losing record. But they're going to be better than that record. Because Stafford, while I think overrated, he's a good quarterback. They have a good line, good running game, okay defense. They have an okay running game. They have some. They have a lot of problems on the running on the running side of the ball. They don't have a Reggie Bush like they used to have yeah. back in the day. They don't have a solid guy that can get you over 100 and 150 yards a game on, on, on the ground. They're they're relying more on Stafford's arm, and I love it. Right. Galladay is absolutely fantastic. Marvin Jones Jr. Fantastic. Going out and getting uh uh the who's the guy from the Patriots? I forget off the top of my head. Uh, uh, he got hurt in the preseason. He got hurt in the yeah. preseason, and then he comes back. Uh, it's not Edelman. It was it was one of Todd Brady's one yeah. of the top guys. I, I but yeah, I I, I can see him off the top of my head, but. But yeah. they have a solid, yeah. and their defense is getting better at the same time too. But how much more you know leeway can we give to Patricia? I mean, it is year two of his yeah. contract. I I think you give him another year by chance. I think the Forts will give him another year, a year, and maybe another two seasons. But other than that, well, he definitely gets another year, and and you and, know, and Stafford's and, not getting any right. younger, but. My thing with the Lions was, I said, they're going to play well, better than the record show, because going to this year, the North, so they have to play Green Bay, twice, Chicago, twice, Minnesota twice. twice. I thought those are going to be six tough games. Plus, they got to play the Eagles, yep. you got to play Dallas, you got to play the, uh, not the Rams, the Chargers, and you got to play the Chiefs. Yep. That's what, ten? That's ten tough games. I said they can snake mm, a few of those games. They can go eight and eight, nine and seven, seven and nine. And I they, was and thinking they, that seven and nine sounded like it would be a good they, idea. And they snaked that Eagles game, even though the Eagles were hurt, but they still yep. beat them. Yep. And they almost snaked that game against the, the Chiefs. And they they came out strong against the Chargers. Yes. They get that win against the, yeah, they get, beat the Chargers. They beat the Chargers. They should have beaten Green Bay. They should have beaten Green Bay. They're gonna blow the Doors off the Bears on Sunday. I well, we don't know. It. We don't. We don't know. We don't know I, that. We, I, we play. We play. We we watch the games on the TV. I'm guaranteeing right now. He's guaranteeing. Lions, oh, geez. Here we go. Lions. Uh, Lions. Uh, Thirty-five. Bears. Fourteen. I mean, 
The Lions have the big win, have a huge win against the Giants, but the Giants are it, uh, just a damn mess. Yeah, nice. You know, they lose to Minnesota by, by 12, 42 to 30, but they, like I said, got screwed by the Packers, 23 to 22. They lose to the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes when he was healthy, yeah. but they were competitive they against them. Almost so, beat them. They were up. They were up most of the game, and then Mahomes gets the football back with two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. You can't just have that happen. They beat the Chargers. They tie against the against the Cardinals. Surprising. And Cardinals. they beat the Eagles. Surprisingly decent Cardinals. Okay, yeah, and that's 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 a surprise by me. Other than the North, you were talking about the West. Jimmy G is fantastic. I think he I think he's found his own. But remember, the Niners play were dead last last year. So they're playing the same oh, chunk teams that are last uh, last year's teams. Well, they're yeah. absolutely absolutely garbage. Well, think of this perspective I, but, but, too. They've been finishing Jimmy G got hurt the last two years, yeah. Okay. They've had bottom five picks. So they've been drafting really well. They have a good GM. Lynch is a great GM. Yeah. Better than Ryan Pace. Better than Ryan Pace. The the only signature win that they've got right now, and I have to say it, is the Rams win, and they went into the Coliseum and beat them 20 to 7. Oh, smoke the Rams. Smoke the Rams. Okay. <laughs> Look at, looking at their th- thing, looking at their whole thing, they beat the Bucks. Yes. 31-17. They beat the Bengals 41 to 17. Yes. They beat the. The 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 Steelers, twenty four to twenty. They beat the Browns, beating them, destroying them, thirty one to three on Monday Night Football. They go to they go to the Coliseum. A lot of us, including yours truly, had the Rams to win that game. I think that was when I thought that you know the Niners would hit the wall. They beat them twenty to seven. They beat Washington in a absolute downpour of a rainstorm, nine to nothing. And then last, and then the last two weeks, they go into they come, Carolina comes in with no Cam Newton, absolutely destroys Carolina fifty one to thirteen. And then last week beating Kyler Murray and and the Cardinals twenty eight to twenty five. But here's the thing. Their front half of their schedule was easy. The second half is what we're talking about. Okay, you got to go to Seattle twice. Tough. You've got you've got. Green Bay coming in to to San Francisco. You have New Orleans coming in to you got to go to New Orleans. Okay. You got to go to Baltimore. Okay? You've got home to the Rams again, and then you've got to go finishing up in Seattle. So their their back half of their schedule is tougher than their front half of their schedule. So I the think. so the quote Joe you're saying that they had a Big Ten schedule the first half of the year. Yeah, I agree. I think so. <laughs> they had a they had a Alabama schedule at the beginning with uh, 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 with all the chump teams of like Central Michigan and everybody like that, and they just asked. So their front half was easy. Their back half is difficult. So and that, but yeah, up. but the thing is, they're so far ahead of the Rams. They're the 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 49ers are 8 and 0 the rams are 7 and 2 they have two they have one game in hand on yeah. the rams already so what's seahawks where are they at what's that what's Se- seahawks oh excuse me seahawks are 7 and 2 okay so the rams are 5 and 3 overall okay okay yet in divisional wise san francisco's 2 and 0 seattle's 2 and 0 the rams are 0 and 2 and the Oof. cardinals are 0 and 2 
Ooh, that's bad for the Rams. Yeah. That's a big shock, too. I think the surprise, though, to me in the AFC, not the AFC, but the NFC, is how bad that how bad is Atlanta. Yes. Your Super Bowl, your Mine Super was Bowl. my Super Bowl pick this year. I had the the Falcons and the Chargers for the Super Bowl this Whoops. year. <laughs> Whoops, indeed. One in seven. I that's what the that's what Atlanta's record is. One in seven. I had Chiefs and Rams, so I don't feel bad. Uh, so you don't feel, <laughs> don't um, feel it. Well, is it just me? Or does it seem like every year, except for the 16, every year the, the Falcons just have like all this depth and talent on the roster, and they go like 7-9 to nine every year? Yeah. Like, what's up with that? They can't keep, they can't keep pace with everything. They, they have such good depth and a good roster and good personnel every year and a decent staff. I mean, I don't understand what the hell their problem is. Every year they just they underperform. I don't know. I don't know. And then going at the, the south, the, so we talked about the southwest, we talked about the south, we talked about the north. In the east, I, I, I said it I said it best, it's Dallas's division to win. Yeah, by default. It's by default Eagles because are Eagles decimated. are the Giants are just, oh, are just a, a mess, an absolute joke. joke. Absolute joke. They're about as bad as the Jets. They're they're both te- both New York teams are a joke, and and then Washington is just uh, absolute garbage as well too. There's nothing there for the. They're they they've got, been on a rebuild for the last six years. They've got Red, got Haskins though. Yeah, they do have they do have Haskins, but but other than that, wh- what else do they have? They have nothing. Nothing. Absolutely they nothing. Have, they have beautiful burgundy uniforms. I like the uniform. You they they're, 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 they are nice. They are nice. And they have a good theme song, too, at the same time. Bye but the, for D.C., yeah, exactly. Okay. But you think about it. D.C. District of Champions. District of Champions, except for the... I know the, where you're going with this, yeah. What the, you got the, you got the, you the, the Caps. You've got the Nationals. We'll get to them here in just a second. We've got the... Unfortunately, I have to say the WNBA, the Mystics, yeah. are have won a championship too. Didn't they and win they, bas- college basketball? Yeah, they uh, Georgetown. Yes, Georgetown. And I read too. Apparently, they have uh, a professional tennis team. Yeah, that won the championship. championship too. Yeah, yeah. So they 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 are they're they're pretty stacked in championships in that area, except for the NFL team that's been in an association yeah. for the longest period of time. Yeah. It's it's a sad too because that the Redskins are by far the most popular and beloved team mm-hmm. in that in that district of champions district. Yeah, I mean nobody nobody gave credit to the Nationals. Nobody's ever given credit to the Nationals. They, so for me, I feel like the Nationals are still trying to merge as a as yeah. a, a team to be noticed in the DC market because when the Capitals won the Stanley Cup. That catapulted them into yeah. prominence, and everybody wanted to go to Capital One Arena and watch the Capitals play. You now have the Nationals winning it, so I'm hoping that this is going to propel them. Are the Wizards are the, the Wizards next to win a championship? Ooh, I don't know. That's that's a good question. I I don't think so. We'll nah, get to the NBA in just a quick second, but, but that's uh, but that's another subject. You're. You're listening to Andy and Money tonight right here on the Anchor Network. And um, Andy Alfred, Nick the Money Man DeVera. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. Cha-ching, bitches. Um, so, do we want to get into college football? I, I, I just want to pick Ooh. you. I, do I really want to pick you? know where I'm going with this. Okay. 
All right, so I want to get into this first and foremost, and I'll I'll let Nick have the floor first on this situation. What is your what is your thoughts so far, Andy? If I would have told you week zero when we were at a Frickers, remember? Yeah. If I would have said Andy Lovey Smith and the Fighting Illini of Illinois are gonna go to a bowl game this year, you would have laughed me out of the restaurant. Yeah. The Fighting Illini, coached by Lovey Smith, Andy, are one win away from going to a crappy bowl game at 6-6. Six and six. <laughs> They upset Wisconsin. and they're, That is their signature win. And they're going to beat Northwestern in the Lane of Lincoln game. That's going to give them their sixth win because the next two games are pretty tough. Yeah. And they've always got a tough two they're games. They're 5-4 overall. The next win that they get is a bowl eligible win and that is yeah. against Northwestern. Northwestern. And that... I gotta say this to you, you know. Say just Northwestern is just they suck this year. Oh God, you know Pat Fitzgerald is just I don't know what's going on with him. Injuries. That's what it is. It is injuries this year. But the thing is, they looked absolutely horrible against Michigan State. They just gave up in that game. Absolutely gave up in that game. Crushed. Absolutely got crushed. Beaten, destroyed, they got thrown on the red line and got ran over four times, and then they went back on the field and tried to score a touchdown. And they couldn't do it. That Friday game against Ohio State a couple weeks back. Oh yeah, I, let's talk about that for a second. I I, I work nights now, which is why we're doing the show again. And I left for work. I said Illinois or Northwestern is going to get absolutely destroyed by the Buckeyes and Buckeye Karen. And Vegas Baby Joe said, oh, Pat's team will put up a, a, a bit of a fight against Ohio State. Don't you worry. And what was the final score of that game? Like 52 to 3. Yes, I said. 52 I... to 3. It didn't look like they were. They Ohio State was playing the, 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 the high school team that plays on that field. <laughs> they absolutely just <laughs> run them up the field, up and down, up and down all night. And every time that Northwestern had the football, it what it was a three and out, a three and out, a three and out field goal, three and out, three and out, three and out. Dude, did Northwestern spread far the fame of their fair name that night? No, no absolutely not. Crushed. They absolutely got crushed, and they are zero and six in Big Ten play, one and seven overall, and the one in, that one win. An FBS opponent, a lower grade opponent, you can't have that. No. Absolutely can't have. It. I thought I was. I thought Bowling Green was terrible, <laughs> and then I saw Northwestern. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, Northwestern. They, I ruined from last year in the, in the division game against Ohio State, which I knew they were going to. I think you know this week in college football, we have number one versus number two. LSU and Alabama. That's going to be the top Ooh. top billing all all Saturday. It's a three thirty kick. It's on CBS. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be perfect weather in Tuscaloosa uh, for that game. Oops, if this game was being played in a neutral site, I would give the edge to LSU. But it's being played in Tuscaloosa, so I oh, got to give the yeah. credit to to Alabama in the game. Yeah. However, nobody's really talking about this game. You have 20, 13th ranked Minnesota battling frauds, battling fifth ranked Penn State. That is, and if Ohio State somehow, which they they choke, if they choke somewhere, 
at the end of the season, like they, well, the Purdue game last year when they choked in that game, you know that yeah. cost them. That cost them a little bit of little bit of style points at the same time, and it it, it hurt them. So, if God God forbid that Ohio State loses a game coming down the final stretch of the season, and you know Penn State just wins out and wins the division overall. This game could possibly be a preview of the Big Ten championship game with Penn State versus Minnesota. Yeah. I have to say that because Penn State five and zero, eight and zero overall. Minnesota five and zero, eight and zero overall. It's a it is a it is a, a must watch game in the Big Ten. I don't think Ohio State third ranked overall goes into Maryland. Well, that you know that's gonna be the that's gonna be a nice appetizer yeah. for Ohio State fans. But if I'm an Ohio State fan, I'd be watching Penn State in, in Minnesota if, and rooting for PJ Fleck and row the boat to to pull off an upset. Absolutely, pull an upset. I mean, I I want your opinion about this too, sure. and uh, your thoughts on Ohio State this year. I think tomorrow we're going to get the first college football playoff predictions. And I want I'm going to give you mine and I want I want you to to rate what I think it is. All sure. right. One to me is LSU. I think their schedule, the strength of schedule really helped them out with the wins against Texas and the wins overall in the SEC have really helped them out. Number 2 is Ohio State. I think Ohio State, their strength of schedule is good enough, and how much they have won has really helped their case out. Three is Alabama. Alabama has, but if you look at their strength of schedule, they played nothing but cupcake teams like Citadel and the smaller market teams. And then fourth, you have Clemson. I think that's that's uh, that's a legitimate the top four. You have you have Penn State on the outside looking in at five, and then you have. Possibly, maybe in Oklahoma being at six, but then, but them losing la- a couple weeks ago to to um, to uh, Kansas State, Ooh, you a, could yeah. you could throw Georgia into the spectrum, but to me, I think it's LSU, Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson. Your thoughts? I agree with you, except flip one and three. I think Bama will be one, and LSU. Will be Okay, I mean, I, I, I think it's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what the poll, polling come out. You look at the top 25, you can make a case for Georgia because they've gotten, they only have one loss this season, and but that was an upset loss. You've got an undefeated, you have an undefeated Penn State, you have an undefeated Clemson, Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, all undefeated. Baylor undefeated 8-0, but you know that's that's a joke. Um, Why is it a joke? They they were they're like Alabama. They played a cupcake team and oh. they play in the Big Twelve. Oh yeah. So the Big Twelve does not get the representation. In all reality, if it was anything, it would be Oklahoma to get the get the Big Twelve representation out of the whole situation. Gotcha. But to get into it, and I want your opinion about it. The whole saga that's happening in Michigan. I want your thoughts on this because I think Jimmy's done at the end of the season. I think he's done. And here's why I say that. The embarrassing loss against Wisconsin, okay, you lose in Happy Valley, okay, 
get almost beaten at home on your home opener against the Army. Okay. And then, so looking at looking at their final games, the only prominent win that they had was against Notre Dame. They beat them 45-14. to 14, But that was coming off of being beaten by Penn State. They beat Illinois, of course. They beat Iowa by only seven points. They blow out Rutgers. And then they lose, but they lost to Wisconsin. Almost lost to Army in double overtime, by the way. And then you look at their final three games of the schedule. You have in-state rival against Michigan State. Baby brother. That's, and that is a big game for Mark D'Antonio. And we'll get to that here in just a second. So you have that. You have... A road game against Indiana. Ooh, they're and, tough. There's what, and Indiana's s- tough too. Seven two. Seven and two too. Yeah. Okay, and then it's. Oh oh, it's TOSU. Yeah. It's it's tough because they're not. Michigan hasn't performed up to what people thought they would do with Harbaugh, but at the same time, I think if you look back, the past since they got rid of Lloyd Carr. This is the best the franchise has looked. I mean, how good were they under Hoke? How good were they under Rich Rodriguez? Um, but he's a. But this is this is a guy who said, well, "I'm going to be prominent. We're going to we're going to recruit well. We're going to we're going to we're going to do well. We're going to be competitive. We might beat Ohio State." And now this is the first year without Urban. This is the first year without. Without a full case, and he's got all his recruits in, and this is the product that if you're a Michigan fan, you're getting. No, I would, I, I, I would jump ship in a heartbeat. How many years left? Does he have in his deal? He's got you two know? more. He's got two more years. I could see a buyout in, in all reality of it. I don't think they'll fire him before his contract is up. But I think if they don't make the playoffs, we'll go that. We'll, we'll lower the bar a bit. If they only make the playoffs. By end of this contract, I think then you can probably say, well, he might be gone. But I can't see if he, if if they win. Let's let's set it let's set it a little lower. Okay, okay we'll set the little bar a little lower. If he wins the division, like the, okay, so he gets into the Big Ten championship game. Oh, not even the conference. Just not the, even the just, cha- just if the he East. gets if he gets into the conference championship okay. game. Does that give him the right to stay? I would say no. I'd say if he wins the conference, then maybe you give him two or three years. But if he doesn't even win the conference, I think at two years, it's you said two years, right? Yeah. I think if it's that point, I think then maybe you have to kind of just say, okay, this isn't what we signed up for. This is when we signed up, and the boosters aren't liking it already. Our, we've we, we've heard rumblings out of Ann Arbor that the boosters are not happy about and well the way it's all shaken up. When you have Owen Owen five against Ohio State, you are, uh, four. You're one in four against your in-state rival in, in Michigan State. Oh, oh and four? One in four. Oh, one in four. four. You're one in four against them. And then uh, in top 25 opponents, in the, in the top 10 opponents, you are 0-7. Oh okay. Okay. You got to take a look at, right. look at look at the spectrum here. And you're saying to yourself, uh, for me, I say, you don't win against Michigan State. That right there is that is the final straw. 
nail in the coffin. Because that is, that is the, the, the two nails are in the bottom of the coffin. And if he loses to Ohio State, then the top two gets hammered in. I really, I really, when you're 0-6 against Ohio State, and that's what all Michigan Nation wants, is just to beat Ohio State when it's been year after year after year after year after year after year being beaten by Ohio State, you need to, you know, in the words of, or the words of Notre Dame, you need to wake up the echoes. It's a spinoff question for you. Okay. If Michigan went 1-11... But their one win, one win was against the Buckeyes. Do you think Michigan fans no. will call it a good year? No. You don't think so? I don't think so. Either. You don't think so? I don't think so. All right. It's a, You still lost to your in-state rival. You lost to either Penn State. You've lost to uh, another big... Hell, hell uh, probably if, if they... Oh, maybe if Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Well, they don't play Notre Dame now until uh, 2023, if that's what, I'm, that's what I was reading. That's a damn shame. That is a damn shame. They should play each other every year. Every year they should play, because that is a that is a tradition. Like, Michigan State used to play Notre, Notre Dame yeah. every year, and they have never, haven't played Notre Dame since two since the last time that you and I were employed at, a, at the same yes. establishment. Yes. That was the, the last time. The were listening to that, that, was, that was the last time that they played against each other. That was the last second touchdown. Yeah, the right? la- that, was the fi- that was the fake hook and ladder Statue of Liberty play that they scored the touchdown on, and oh, they won the football game. Wow, it's been that long? It's been that long. I left that uh, establishment in 2014, so that would have been 2013 was the last yeah. time they were. Wow. They, that's that tells you something. That tells you how long that game has been. You know, Notre Dame needs to play. They were every year they play USC. They play Let Boston me, College. Yeah. Army. They need to play Michigan, Michigan State every year too. Let me Stanford. ask you this question. I will say this, and this is going to be a good question, which we're going to lead into the next segment here in just a second. Sure. Do you think with Notre Dame going into the ACC because of all the other sports. Does that affect them going into like playing against the Big Ten opponents and playing against everything like that? Get your opinion here. You're listening to all Andy. You're listening to Andy and Money tonight. Not all Andy, but that's tomorrow night. You're listening to Andy and Money right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast. So here's Nick's answer to this question. So Nick. The question is this: Do you think that the 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 Irish should be in the ACC when it comes to football, or do you think that they should still be an independent and you know still play ACC opponents, but play like you said the Big Ten opponents, or should they go to a different conference? They should stay independent, um, like we were saying. Notre Dame always plays uh, Army or Navy. Boston College, USC, Stanford. But every year they should be playing Big Ten teams. They're in the Midwest. They're in the middle of Big Ten country. They should be playing Michigan, Michigan City every year again. Should play the in-state rival of Indiana and Purdue. Or at least rotate between the two. Between one one the year two, Indiana, one year Purdue. Purdue. One year. I mean, and, and they should play Ohio year, State more, too. They are going to play Ohio State, I think, not next year, but the following year. It will be played at Ohio State, and it will be a home-and-home home situation. Okay. But when Notre Dame is playing, when they're playing Bowling Green, that is to me a slap, a little bit of a slap in the face. And and Nick sent me a podcast that he listens to from Barstool Sports in Chicago, talking about how bad Bowling Green was 
how bad the opponent was going to be, and I was absolutely shocked. And I want I want to give you I'm going to say something to you now that I'm going to that you're going to absolutely be shocked by. Okay. I'm not a big fan of the Big Ten, any of the big schools, Pac-12, Pac, uh, Big Ten, SEC, ACC, C, uh, SCC, and all that. To me, right now, I've been doing a lot of soul searching on this. Oh, oh. This is serious. I like that, you know, I can watch the Big Ten and everything like that, but to me, that is like the NFL of college football. Okay. Those are the big schools, and those are, you know, that's what get all the money, that's all the revenue. Like the mid-schools, like the Cincinnati's, the Memphises, the SMU's, the Mid-American Conference, the Pac, the, the Sun Belt Conference, all that. That's real college football, in my opinion. You're playing because you're playing for the school. You're playing for you're playing for the community. You're playing for the university as a whole. Like the Ivy Leagues is a perfect example of that. You have Howard. You have Harvard. Yeah. You have Yale. You have all the. They play not just because of the uh because they get the scholarship, but they're playing because of the name that they're on. They play for Howard. They play for. Yale, they play for they play for everybody like that. Brown, Brian, all that. They play for all that. So to me, the ACC, the Big Ten, the SEC, the Pac twelve, the Big Twelve. However, to me, that is a NFL, and that's what it is. It's an NFL driven. Nine times out of ten, where are you seeing these kids getting drafted from? Big Ten schools. Po- How about the Power Five? The power Five, the Big Power Five. They're getting picked up through the big power five. And to me, I don't like that. Because college football was back in the day wasn't because it was NFL driven. Right. It was all NFL driven. And to me, the mid market schools, the mid major schools, that's where college football is. Like the like the Bowling Greens, like the the Miami of Ohio's, like the Cincinnati Bearcats, like the Memphis Tigers. Those teams are are community driven, and when they do get national attention, like last week on Saturday night, it was SMU and Memphis in the American Conference. That was a that was a bolster to that conference. It was a bolster to that to the whole mid major schools and everything like that. So, to me, I'm starting to dwindle away from all that. So you dropping the- MSU. Oh, I've dropped Michigan State for like a while now, my friend. You have. Well, I, I I haven't been following it, but I've been following it for the pot for our podcast. And I tell you, I, the last couple of days, I've been listening to the chatter out of East Lansing. I'm gonna tell you, D'Antonio might be on his on his way out. I got a question about him. Okay, what's his problem? You look at all he does is just scowl on the sideline. What's his deal? His man, the man's never happy. What's his... What's his, his man is never happy on the situation. And never happy on winning at all, at, wherever it comes to it. Oh, well, we won again. Yeah, we Hooray. won again. Yeah. And I think it's all because of the whole, whole situation from the past, from the from the trainer situation and everything like that. He was criticized on that part. But, you know, um, for me, the mid-major, mid-major schools and the mid-market schools are really what's what really real college football is. And if you're watching the Power 5 conferences, 
You're just feeding into the pig of the NFL, basically. I mean, yes, that's what. And on, honest to God, if you look, at, we'll give you a perfect example for this. It's Justin Fields from Ohio State. He was back up to back up to from from Georgia. He doesn't want to be the backup anymore, so he gets into the transfer portal of the NCAA, and he wants to go to Ohio State just for the sole purpose of A, being able to play, and being able to play on Sundays. Yes. Well, see, I like what you're saying, but I'm a little disappointed because I thought you were going to join me in the Notre Dame, Notre Dame Brotherhood. For those listening at home, I root for five college teams. Yes, he does. I root for Toledo. I root for Notre Dame. I root for Illinois. I root for Northwestern. And I root for the aforementioned Yale Bulldogs. Oh, wow. So I thought... What happened to NIU? Oh, fuck them. Once I, st- once I went to Toledo <laughs> and I became a Rocket fan and they were always beating us every year, I don't like them anymore. I swapped them out <laughs> with Yale. So, I mean, it was good. It, you know, NIU is a good... It's, it's a good school, but, you know, other than a football, I mean, they're not that great in basketball. Will you join me in Notre Dame Brotherhood? I I do like Notre Dame. I do like watching it. Last week, their big win, come from behind against Virginia Tech. I, I got home, watched it. They were down 24-20. to 20. They rallied back Ian Book. And I called it when Ian Book ran into the end zone. I said to my dad, it's like, they're going to look for the pass. And I bet you he's going to run it in. And soon enough, they snap it. And the the, the the safeties drop back. And so does the lineman. And the next thing you know, you see Book weave it in and goes in for the touchdown. But Notre Dame's in the same boat, honestly, of the Power 5 conferences. Because they get the big fee from, the, from NBC. Yeah. And, the, you know, we were talking about how they go into the ACC. And they play ACC opponents. Next week, they play Duke. At Duke, so that should be a pounding right there. Then they are at home against the Navy, and that's going to be a another pounding. Yes, but then they have Boston College again. They play Boston College, and then they go on the road to play Stanford, and Stanford's a tough game for them. See, that's the thing that they were talking about on that aforementioned podcast was they they scheduled Bowling Green, and they should have scheduled no offense, a real opponent, somebody tough, because now they've played two good teams. And they've lost both of them. They lost to Michigan, mm-hmm. and they lost to um, lost to Georgia. Yes, although they did hang in with Georgia. They did hang in with it Georgia. Was a I give loss. that was a quality loss. They but, hung in with them. But now they're playing all crap. Okay, so the they game. so looking at Notre Dame's schedule, they they beat Louisville to start the season thirty five seventeen. A loser. Absolutely destroyed the Lobos of New Mexico sixty six to fourteen. They lose to Georgia twenty three to seventeen. They played Virginia. They beat Virginia thirty five to twenty. Played us Bowling Green fifty two to nothing. It was an absolute destroy. And then they played USC, who I thought would have been more competitive against Notre Dame. They were in the end of the game when and Notre Dame though end survives and wins thirty to twenty seven. They get absolutely destroyed at the Big House forty five to fourteen. Last week, a come-from-behind win with Ian Book at the running helm at the end of the game, 21-20. to So looking at their schedule, like I said, they play Duke. Then they have Navy at home. They are at home to end their homestand against Boston College. And then they go across the country on, on the weekend of Thanksgiving to play Stanford. So, I mean, yeah. 
they, they, you know, do they get into the playoff? No. I don't think so. Even if they go, they 10. two losses. A one loss team can make the playoff. Two losses, not a no. chance. Ten, two losses, and they lost to two good teams, and they beat cupcakes. Yeah, they played a, as my dad would say, a Big Ten schedule. Yes. So no, they ain't going this year. They ain't going, and they don't deserve to go. If they go this year, it's only because they want a million presents of the money. Yeah. Because it's oh look, Notre Dame's in the playoffs. Let's watch. Yep. Looking at some of the top, some of the other games, like I said, Maryland's at Ohio State this upcoming week. That's a noon, noon kickoff. A noon kickoff on ABC is Minnesota at Penn State. That is a noon kickoff in Golden Gopher Country. Okay. Oh, it's, oh, it's in Minnesota. It's in Minnesota. Ooh. And PJ Fleck rallied so hard to get college game day to go to that game. Did he? And, he, and they're, not, they're going to Tuscaloosa for the LSU-Alabama oh, that game. that anybody. Uh, 3.30 kick. That game is on CBS. Okay. The nightcap for... you love this. The nightcap for uh, ABC for their Saturday night football game of the week. NC State hosting Clemson. NC State four and four, Clemson nine and zero. Oh. Yeah, that's stupid. That is that is absolutely atrocious. Why and is the that Notre funny? Dame, the Notre Dame game, isn't on ESPN, ESPN two. It is on the ACC network. Really? So you're gonna have to go find or buy ESPN plus to watch Notre Dame play Duke this week. I don't know if I even get. Well, it's, it's that, well Saturday. I won't be. I'll be at home yeah. anyway. I'll be at Indiana. O- Oklahoma is at home to play Iowa State. It, the schedule is just interesting. And then this week, for me, mid-majors are going to get prominence because we're now into the Mid-American Conference schedule where they're playing it during the week. Maction. Maction, yes. Absolutely. I love Maction. Love me some Maction. Slido should be out of the fucking mag. You think that they should be out of the middle? Yeah. Where should they be at? Should they, they be in the American be, Conference at least? There or even throw them in the ACC. Even throw them in the other. Uh, I wouldn't throw them in the ACC. Uh, I see them more in the American Conference than anything else because the American Conference has Cincinnati, has Memphis, has okay. has a, has a lot of good good teams. Temples in there as well too. Them so and Buffalo should lead the match. Yeah. All right. So looking at it, some action, action. you've got Ball State. Who've beaten Toledo? Absolutely destroyed them. They are at Western Michigan. That right there is for the MAC West. And then you have Kent State going into Toledo on election night tomorrow night. And then you have Miami of Ohio, who is to me the team that everybody is shocked about playing Ohio. That's you have basically the conference, uh, the division titles being determined in these next two game two days. Miami, Ohio is on top of Ohio right now in the in the East in the Mid America Conference. Ball State is on top of Western Michigan right now in the MAC West. Right there, those two games will play. Those two, all four teams play against each other, and right there could set up what's going to happen in Detroit in a couple weeks for the MAC championship game. So that's just plain and simple. Toledo's got Kent State, and they have to watch, have coverage. That's what it really is. They have to watch out now. And then Toledo has NIU the following week. Bowling Green has Miami of Ohio. And I'm going to say this, and I don't want you to laugh at me. There is an outside chance that Bowling Green makes a bowl. I have to say that. They're 3-6 and six overall. They have it's three games. They have to win out. 
But the tough thing is Miami of Ohio's number one, Ohio's number two, Buffalo's three. There is no, pardon my language, there is no goddamn way that we're going to be bowl eligible. I'm hearing people out of BG saying, well, we could probably get bowl eligible if we win three straight out. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. I'm happy if we get one more win on the season. If it's against Ohio, if it's against at Buffalo, or if it's at Oxford against Miami, Ohio. I will be happy over that. Because then I can say, at least we went 4-8 and eight on the season, you know, on a new regime. We'll get the recruits that he's coming in with because the Mid-America Conference just released a stat that Bowling Green has the number one recruiting class going into next season. Toledo is third. Third? Okay. Third. And we've got Mr. Ohio coming in on the defensive side for Bowling Green. We've got the kid from Whitmer High School in Toledo, Ohio. He's going to be there. And he's Riley Keller is an absolute stud of a quarterback. We've got all these recruits coming in from... Leffler went into all the Ohio schools and recruited strong in Ohio, and he, it paid off. When Jenks was there, he was focusing on Oklahoma, Florida, California. You can't recruit for Bowling Green, Ohio, and Florida, and Oklahoma, and California. You have to base your recruiting out of Michigan. Indiana, Ohio, West Virginia, Penn, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Wisconsin. Focus in on that recruiting set, section. That's just what it is. And that's what Leffler did, and he capitalized on it, and that's why they're the number one recruiting class in the Mid-America Conference. You know what I think about Bowling Green? <clears throat> I think they never should have fired Dino Barbers. Well, Babers wanted to go. Babers wanted to go. Oh, was it Babers? It was Babers. It's not Babers? Not Babers. It's Babers. Babers. Dino and Babers wanted to go. The thing is, Clawson was the was the was the was the catalyst before Babers. Clawson brought the championship to Bowling Green, gave me the taste of the championship. I got. I, I mean, when I was at Bowling Green, got went up to the Mid American Conference Championship game against NIU. Fucking NIU. And they, nobody had Bowling Green picked to win that game. NIU was nationally ranked at the time. If they would have won that game, they would have went to the New Year's Six Bowl. They fell apart. Bowling Green capitalized and won that game. And it started the stretch for Bowling Green to win Mid-America Conference Championships in, 20, in, in 2011 and in 2012. They won it again in 2014 again when Daniel Babers was at the helm. But in 2011, Clawson leaves. Babers comes in. They win it again in 2012. So you're saying Babers is the one with Clawson's guys. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. Clawson leaves. Babers wins with Clawson's recruits. Babers comes into the comes in. He wins with his recruits in 2015. He loses, leaves to go to Syracuse. Jenks gets Babers recruits. Babers recruits were absolute garbage. Didn't like, didn't like it. Jenks didn't really like it. He got screwed out of the whole situation. But, but he was not even a good coach. No, not even a good coach. I didn't like him, at all. He was bad with the media. He was bad with the student body. He was all closed off, and now he's the USC 
quarterbacks coach. That tells you something right there. Fall that from, tells you something right fall there. Fall from grace. Fall from grace. You're listening to all uh, to Andy and Money. I keep saying all Andy Alford, but it's we're on the all Andy Alford network. It's, 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 uh, it's muscle memory. It's, it's muscle memory. That's what it is. But you're listening to Andy and Money tonight. Right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cats, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. I'm a Spotify guy myself. You're a Spotify guy? I'm a Spotify I'm, guy. I'm an iTunes kind of guy myself. Are I you? like I like iTunes. I like Apple Music. They're, they they have they have a nice selection of music. So, we'll, we're getting closer. We've got a couple more segments left to do here. We'll get into MLB baseball now. Okay. First reaction... Nationals winning this World Series. Um, First thoughts. Natitude. Natitude? Were you nuts about the Nats? Uh, Were you crazy about the Nationals and nuts about the Nats? You know what? I kind of was. It was one of those things. It's it's nice when there's World Series where I don't give a rip who wins. I'm fine either way. But when the Nationals went up 2-0, I was like, all right, let's pull in for these, these, these DC guys. These DC folk. And then they go... For the first time ever in all of the three yeah. professional sports, road a road team, team has yeah. won every won every game of that of 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 the, of the playoffs. Yeah, series. when Houston won Game Five, me and my dad were like, "Well, that's over. They're yeah. gonna go back to Houston. They're gonna win Game Six. That's gonna be over." Nope. I was shocked more or less when Scherzer got pulled in Game Four. I said, "Oh, here we go. This is this is Houston's this is Houston's time to win it again." And, you know, for me, it was just a ragtag bunch of kids from D.C. that, you know, this team was, they lose Bryce Harper in the offseason, and they were written off. They were 19-34 and 34 in, the month of, yeah. in the month of June. They were absolutely atrocious. And then all of a sudden, they get supercharged in, and then they... You know, they ran the course. They were the wild card team. And this is, again, I'll say it. A second wild card team has has proven positive thoughts for MLB for every other team. That it's not one wild card team that gets in now. It's two, and you got to play a playing game. And it helped their case out. And remember that game against the, the Brewers, that right fielder, that ball went right under his glove. If that, if that wouldn't have gone underneath his glove... Been the Brewers beating Man, the Nationals. the Brewers beating the Nationals. Brewers yeah. beating the Nationals, and we could have a whole different situation. But I'm glad that Scherzer's got a champion, got got a ring. I'm glad that uh, you know, and, and I talk about this. Yeah, I know. If I'm, you look at the rotation of that whole World Series, if you're a Tiger fan, you saw this rotation so many years ago, and where was that? In a pack of smokes with Jim Leland. Yeah. Plus, uh, and Brad Osmus. And remember, the Red Sox won with Price and Porcello, yeah. too. So, Verlander, Porcello, Price, Scherzer, Sanchez, all won. Fernando Rodney. Yes, the Arrows won a World Series, yep. all but not with Detroit. And then, I just couldn't believe when I looked at that, I'm like, the starting rotation of the Detroit Tigers has won a World Series without the Tigers winning a damn World Series. It's a damn, absolute damn joke. Absolute damn joke. But, you know, I'm glad that the Nationals won. And I don't like, and I'm going to say it right now, I don't like the Astros. You don't like the Astros? I don't like the Astros. I think the Astro fans are a bunch of bandwagoning fans. 
They were never there when they were the Colt 45s back in the day. So, you know, they moved downtown. They were only prominent back in... What year was the White Sox winning the World Series? Two thousand five. Two thousand five, and when they were a National League team, that was when they were when they had Bagwell and what and Biggio at the same Burke and, and yeah. all the good guys back then. But then they got beat by the pale hose on the from the South Side, and giving Ozzie Guillen his only championship as a pale as a manager. I mean, it's honestly, it was good to see the Astros get beat. Because and it's great and I know you're a Doyer fan and second second best is a Doyer yeah. fan so as your National League team. They're, they're my they're my backup. Team. They're they're the, they're the backup team to Nick. But the, the, to see it not being the Dodgers again in the World Series, it was nice. It was. It wasn't for yeah, I'm sure it was refreshing. No Red Sox either. No, no Yankees. Was... No Yankees. And we don't have to hear the twenty seven rings come out and just throw them out on the table. And it's like, you got beat by the Astros, and it wasn't just a beating. No, you got beat twice at Yankee Stadium. And you controlled the hitters of Stanton and Judge and, 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 and all and, and, and all Robert, the other... And Torres. And Torres and, and Didi Gorius as well at the same time. Lemayu. You controlled them. You controlled the bullpen. You, you shut down Chapman. You couldn't use. They couldn't use Chapman at all during the whole series. So, oh yeah, you see uh, the Chapman smirk when he gave up the go ahead home run, run to, to, uh, to Altuve. So yeah, he, he just smirked and smiled it off. I mean, when I saw that smile, that smile reminded me of when the Cubs won the World Series a few years ago. When he gave up the home run to Rajay Davis, and he had the smirk and everything like that, and like, I was like, "Oh, isn't this irony, yeah. my friend? Isn't this irony?" But you're not going to win a World Series. No, you're going back to the Dominican Republic to hang out with your family. That's what it was. So, but it's, it was good to see the Nationals win. It's going to be an interesting off season. We've got a lot of players on the move, on the market, and on the move. Find out today that Strasburg is not going to take his option. From from the Nationals, so he's going to be a free agent. Your thoughts? Where do you think everything's going to be shaping up? Well, I, I I don't I don't know where Strasburg is going to go. I hope he goes to the White Sox. But I'm not holding my breath. I, they got the money. Yeah, actually, uh, they only have fourteen million dollars committed to payroll next year with all their young young guys. Uh, where do you think Garrett Cole goes? My my bet is Anaheim. I think so. I think that's where the money is. I think he'll go to Anaheim and compete in the West, but yeah, yeah. be with Trout and Otani oh, and Joe Madden. Madden. Yeah, Joe Madden, the new new face there. Um, what did you think of Girardi going to the Mets? It's the manager, uh, Phillies. Oh, Phillies, 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 Phillies. Um, that said, the Mets. He was so quick to go to the Mets. Everybody, he met with the Mets. He wanted to stay in New York. And then he goes to Philadelphia. Yeah, the big rival. Yeah, he he want he years ago he said he wanted to go to Chicago. One of those two jobs opened up, and of course Brentria wasn't fired, and yeah. they and they got rid of uh, men for for Ross. So he wanted the Mets job, and the Mets said, "No, we're going to hire uh, Carlos Beltran instead. Yeah. <laughs> Take Beltran instead." So he kind of had nowhere else left to go. I was just surprised that they let Mickey Callaway go after two seasons like that. And, you know, yeah. Callaway he... was just a pitching coach from the Indians for the longest period of time. Got him to the World Series, and you know, it 
it's just a, it was just a shock to see him go. And like I said, Beltran going to the Mets. What are the Mets thinking? Honestly, yeah. that's that's a stupid move on that part. But I want to pick your brain about this. Ross Cody, uh, Cody Ross, the new manager of the Cubs. An MLB on ESPN guy going from the booth to the to the field. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it at all. They're gonna regret it. I, you know what? He's a he's been a he's been a Cub as a player. He's been sitting on the sidelines for last what two three years. Yeah. It's. He thinks that he knows the game all that well. No, there's a difference between being in the broadcast booth than being on the field. We have a perfect example of that was Bobby Valentine. Yes. Valentine was in the booth for the longest period of time, and then the he gets picked up. He we got he was with the Mets. He got he got dumped by the Mets. He went into TV, and then he gets picked up by the by the Red Sox. And what happened? Disaster. Absolute disaster. Yeah, of a guy. my thing with, with David Ross is, um, you know, first of all, I, I told my dad, I said, that's like, it sounds like a White Sox move. That's something the White Sox yeah. do. Some Cub fans should be embarrassed. Number number two is uh, Grandpa Rossi is the most cringe, cringe thing I have ever heard of as a baseball man. Grandpa Rossi is it's a disgusting nickname. Yeah. Makes me sick. And I'm no Cub hater, but it makes me sick. Three, I'm not, you know, they said that Joe Mann was the perfect manager for the 2016 or 15 Cubs. Yeah. But he's not the man for the 2020 Cubs. And I, you know, maybe, maybe that is true. But I'd rather have Joe Madden be my manager than fucking David Ross. I yeah. mean, come on. It's ridiculous. At least, if you're going to dump Madden, go get Girardi. Get Girardi. Get somebody that has a winning pedigree yeah. instead of a guy who's a TV guy who does who's been in the booth for most of his, you know, after his playing career. Yes, he has blue and the W waved into his system. But is that going to contribute to wins on the field? No. Absolutely not. No, and he's Despite what everyone says, he's absolutely, 100%, a Theo and Jed Hoyer, yes man, puppet. Yes. I don't care what the Cub media and my dad try to tell me. Nope. All right. He is a puppet. I got, I got one question. I got two questions. It's a little bit on the local spectrum. Okay. Guard, garden hire for the Tigers. I know you've, 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 you've you sent me a couple of snaps of listening to my rant about Al Avila, and I've got to say this, I absolutely have to say this, it's still, to me, an absolute damn joke of why this guy gets his contract extension for two more years when he has done absolutely nothing but give up the farm. They fire, by the way, the Mud Hens got, uh, the manager from the Mud Hens, Doug McCavage, got fired the other day. He because got He got fired, yes, the other day. Because he wasn't following the Tiger protocol when it comes to playing the players. So he was a player's manager, and the Tiger said, Well, we're not going to have that, so you are gone for your relieved of wow. duties. They so they, 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 fired the, they fired the pole from, from Toledo. So, and for me, Garden Hire has not been the hire. Well, yeah. He but- is. They, 
Nick, he, let me say this, okay? If he was a manager in the 80s and 90s, you know, and when he was great with the Twins back in the 2000s, when they were winning the division, that was great. This is 2000, this is 2019. We're going into the 2020 season soon. He's not the guy for the Tigers. Especially how young this team is. You want somebody that's young and talented to play. But you also, I know what you're pointing at, and you said you need somebody that's a veteran that will, will rope these guys in. And yes, Garden Hire is the guy there, but he's falling into old practices. He reminds me of Casey Stangle from the back in the day. Metsy, 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 you know? It'd be Tigers, Tigers, Tigers. But I mean... That's a whole different other subject when it comes to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, but you have to understand they don't, they're not trying to win this year or the past couple of years. That's why they brought them in. Like I said, with the, like, with the Browns for Kitchen, they, they just wanted somebody who's been there before and knows what they're doing. And you're right, he, he does manage like it's 1985 and not 2020. Yeah. Hmm. I, I agree with you there. Avila has been a horrendous GM. I understand that Dabrowski traded away all the prospects and left him with an empty cupboard. I yeah. get that. Totally understand that. Not That hasn't escaped reality. But every trade this man makes, he gets hosed. Absolutely. He, he every time He's made two trades with the Cubs. The one where he sent off... Nick Castellanos. Uh, yeah, hosed! Absolutely. And then the one, was it last year, with Avila, uh, Avila and... Uh, Alex and, and that, Avila. And, and that uh, pitcher, Wilson? Yeah. Hosed! Yep. Shane Green to the to the Braves. Hosed! hosed. J.D. Martinez the Diamondbacks. Hosed. hosed! No, that was... Yeah, that was to the yeah. Diamondbacks. I was going to say, we went, then the, then the offseason, he went from the Diamondbacks to the, the Red, Red Sox. Sox. And he's going to stay with the Red Sox this season. Now, he he got Casey Mize, which was a good draft. That was a draft pick, though. But, Nick, but Nick one that's draft a draft pick. pick. We need... If we, if, and I'm going to say this now. This is I think this is the last year for Cabrera. I really think it is. If he if he doesn't retire this year, he's committing he's committing player suicide. I really do. He's like a horse on the on the track that you know is ready to send to the glue factory. It, he he can't run up and down the field. He he can barely get to first base when he get when he when he takes a single. He doesn't dig out for a, a double or a triple. He doesn't do that anymore. This is not the Miguel Cabrera of twenty four years of age when he was with the Marlins. No, this is the Miguel Cabrera that is 36 year, years old who is addicted to alcohol and has been hitting his wife for the last period of times. It's plain and simple. It's absolutely plain and simple. And the fact that this guy is still collecting a check from the Tigers is a damn joke where they could be using this money to either help their help their youth out a little bit, help their rotation, which is what they really need. They really need. Zimmerman is a damn joke. Well, Absolutely do a damn joke. Is he, how many years has he got left? Is next year his last year? This or? is his last year. Coming 2020? This is 2020. It's his last year. Okay. He had a big contract in 2015 that saw him as a Tiger for five years. This is 2020. It is time to sign the final check and say, we're not signing you again for next season. So, move on. Move on. Move on. 
You will, you have given us so many great years as as a Tiger as number twenty four, but number uh, twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. There's the door. Don't let it hit you. And when you want to retire, and if you want to retire as a Tiger, we will retire you as a twenty as, as Cabrera twenty four as a Detroit Tiger. But I guarantee to you, he will say. Well, I'll go sign a contract with the Marlins for one game, yeah. sign it, and then I'll announce his retirement. And then what? What does? And then it's a big old slap in the face yeah, to kinda, the Detroit kinda, Tiger, kinda a big yeah. middle finger right to the Detroit Tiger organization. So, what do you think they do this offseason? I think they need to bolster the rotation. They need more bullpen help. I. Their, their infield is okay with Christian Stewart a little bit. That they need help at third base. Left field has been an absolute mess. It's been a rotational move for them. Um, the minors have got some players for the Tigers, but the last two seasons it's been the the, the Detroit Mudhens on the field than than it has been the Detroit Tigers. But I I, I just think it's going to be interesting to see what the, what pieces they get in the off season or what they can get in the off season. They do have the number. They don't have the number one overall pick. This number two. two. Number two, number one went to the Baltimore Orioles oh. because they have more Orioles had more losses this year. So now I gotta ask you this too. Um, you've said this. You've said this very threateningly the past at least decade. I've oh, you want me to? You want me to come clean about what I think it is? I think it is it is for certain that I'm going to be a Cincinnati Reds fan okay. this season. You you say I that. love the Reds. I love what they've done in the off. I've done in the in the past season. I like. Uh, I mean, this is the last year for Votto. Uh, you got Tom Brenneman, Brenneman calling the game. Brenneman, Tom Brenneman calling games uh, with the Cowboy yeah. in the booth. I like I like watching I like watching that on Fox Sports Ohio. Uh, I do like their rotation. Sonny Gray as their as their starting pitcher is a fantastic. Luis Castillo, a, Castillo as well too, being a, a solid player for them. I mean, I do like. I do like the Red Lakes. They're they're a good team. I also do like the other team that's on the other side of the lake of of Lake Erie, and that's the Cleveland Indians. The Indians are a good team this year. But here's the thing: they re-signed Kluber. I love it. I love that they re-signed. Well, they Kluber. brought him back. They brought him back. Okay. Bring him back, Kluber, for next season. Lindor will be a free agent after next season. Enjoy him while you can. That's what he exact, said. That's exactly what he said. Enjoy him while you have him. <laughs> so the question is, where does Lindor go? I think it's New York. It could be Boston. It could be L.A. and the Dodgers. I think that. But I you give him the hometown discount. See if he could. He takes it. He probably won't no, take I it. Um, I think um, the shock to me right now is that Jason Kiptis is a free agent. You think he'll come back cheap, uh, revalue deal? No? I think he's done. I think he's done it as a tribe. Uh, you know, he's been injury prone for the last couple for the last couple seasons. The rotation is okay. After they've got McAllister, they've got they got Kluber, they've got. Um, who else is in that rotation? But uh, Salazar. Salazar is going to be there too, and you don't know how Carrasco is going to be because of the cancer situation with him. Um, but other than that, you know the rotation's there. The bullpen needs help. Um, if they do get rid of Kipnis, that's a big bat that they they're going to lose because he's a clutch hitter. 
So you got to bring somebody in for that. Other than that, you know, the, what really did it in for the Indians this season was injuries. Was yes. what, and it was, t- it was injuries that killed them at the wrong periods of time. Kluber going down with the with the injury and his show and his pitching shoulder. You had um, Lindor being out for a little bit, Kipnis being out for a little bit, and by the time that they got everybody fully healthy, the Twins were already in front yeah. of the division and they were running away with the division at the time. I mean, at the one point in the, one point of the season, the the Indians had an opportunity to overtake the overtake the Twins and they couldn't do no. it. They couldn't absolutely do it. But it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the offseason, uh, White Sox-wise. Uh, well, they they need rotation help. They are getting uh, they got a big, they got a big They got a big cap space. Oh, yeah. They only have $14 million committed in payroll next year. They uh-huh. are getting Kopech back at some point next year. And Carlos Rodon's coming back next year in rotation. They, get but, ba- they, get, they, get, they have Moncada for a while, don't they? Yeah. But they need they need a couple arms in the bull or in this rotation. Probably at least two, because you still have Cease, you have Lopez, you have Giolito. But you need two. We all wanted Colin Strasburg, but that ain't happening. Um, they need I could see one. I could see Strasburg. I could see Strasburg and Odorosi coming. Yeah, that's what I think. Um, they need a I right. Agree. They need a right fielder. Mm-hmm. I my guess is probably they've been linked to this guy forever. He's well known. He's Cubano. Uh, I think they're gonna sign Puig, even though there's. Probably better options out there. Oh, I think we're gonna, oh, have, we're gonna have that circus. No, I, I'm not saying I, I don't want. I, I I'm don't not want saying. That. I, 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 listen, I'm okay. not saying I want him. I'm not saying I want Puig. I'm just saying I think they signed Puig, and they'll probably sign some bullpen arms. I don't think Puig is the guy for you guys. Puig really, is he a was cancer. not. He, he, look, goes to the he gets picked up by the Dodgers. He's drafted by the Dodgers. What happens? Ran out of town. Ran out of town. Goes gets traded, gets traded, gets traded to the Reds. Ran went, out of town. Ran out of town. Gets traded to the Indians. Runs out of town. Yeah. He runs out. Gets ran out of town. Inconsistent hitting. So now you're gonna keep him in the in, in that same division? I don't think so. Right. I'm, I and again, I'm not saying I want him to come. That's just who I think comes. Okay. I think they like I said. I think I think they signed Rosie. I think they signed Strasburg, and that goes with uh, Kopech. That goes with Giolito. It goes with Dylan Cease. Carlos Rodon. You send Lopez to the bullpen. Um, they, they get magical at some point next year because they have to wait because um, it's a cutoff date where you've caught a prospect. After a certain day, you get the mm-hmm. extra year of control. So at some point, they're going to bring up Nick Madrigal to play mm-hmm. second base, and they're going to bring up uh, Luis Robert. Maybe it's Robert. Uh, he'll play yeah. center field. So they got a young team. My expectations for next year is if they won, if they win like, 83 games to go like 83 and 79 after seven losing seasons in a row yep. I would take 83 83 wins I don't know how I feel about the Tigers I don't 100 losses I was hoping for 120 this year I know I was, you were I was pushing that 120 button that was that would have been you know we had 119 one year we went 39 and 119 one year and I, I sat through every Tiger game with, with, with our grandmother at the time, with that whole situation with Alan Trammell at the at the helm. Take your I, leg. Yeah, I know. I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't take it and then that's when he got dropped and then Jim Leland started off. But we'll see what happens. I, I, I don't see that much happening with the Tigers next season. I think it's another rebuild year for us. 
Hey, I, I mean, I, that just I, means I, cheap tickets. I, that's what I say. That's what I say. I think, I think, a hundred losses is probably evident. I think. I'll say sixty-five and uh, say 60, 65 and ninety, ninety some odd losses so far, something uh, like that. Hundred, it's hundred sixty games, isn't it? Hundred sixty-two. Hundred sixty-two. So sixty-five and ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. I see that. I can see that. I say. Hmm, I think. I think they're gonna. That's just being generous. I think they'll sign veterans. The. What I call is like a scrap heap signing, mm-hmm. where they'll sign a bunch of guys who are like malcontents, former busts, guys who were injured last year, guys who are going to sign one-year deals to prove their value, either for contracts next year or to get flipped yeah. the deadline. So I, I'm going to give them uh, 75-87. Okay, that's, that's being generous. I appreciate that. 75-87. You're listening to Andy and Money tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. We have one more segment left to go before we close out the shop here, and we're going to hit the ice and talk a little, a little ice hockey really quickly. So we're hitting the ice right now, and um, we're going to talk a little NHL briefly here. Um, the Jackets were in action this past weekend. Of course, I want to bring mention to my my team first and foremost. The Jackets were in action. They were at a, uh, a back-to-back as they went into the defending Stanley Cup champion's house in St. Louis and honestly stayed with the defending champions the entire game, but in, in the end... Ending it in overtime, not even, not even eight seconds into overtime, they lose to the Blues four to three. But the Jackets, there's a lot of good pauses that came out of that game. Bjorkstrand continuing his point streak. Dubois with his point streak as well. To Sonny Milano, it's always Sonny in Columbus, Ohio, capitalizing oh. for him. Three. To... <laughs> Nick's looking at me like, oh no, oh no. He's got something to say about that. I know. I know for that for a fact. I'm um, gonna get to him in just a second about that. But then, Saturday, hockey night in Canada comes to Nationwide Arena. It's the Calgary Flames came into Nationwide. I watched the game from start to finish on this one. This was one of those games. You know, I watched a little bit of SMU Memphis, but I was more driven into watching not only just them, but the Wall. I had their home opener on Saturday. We'll get to. You'll hear my take on the walleye tomorrow on Alling and Alfred. But watching that game from start to finish, we just looked absolutely flat. And that's because we played that back-to-back against 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 St. Louis. It was just absolutely, they, they were not in sync. Absolutely not. And then, I got to say this. Milan Lucic is an absolute dick. An absolute dick. So he gets his pocket picked by the young kid who's from Columbus, Ohio, who was drafted by the Jackets and Cole Sherwood, who's play, played in, in in Cleveland with the Monsters all season, gets his, call, he gets his second call-up of the season, gets his pocket picked by, by Sherwood. Sherwood goes into the offensive zone, takes a shot, he gets stopped, there's a whistle, Lucic then comes behind him and pulls him around, pulls him around, and just sucker punches him right in the face. I mean, for the love of God, 
I'm so glad that the NHL is is so driven to not have that happen in the league, so they give him a two-game suspension. Sherwood, however, I will say this, should not have gotten a penalty out of that whole situation. He got a penalty for a apparent slash. He got called for a slash, but Lucic pulling the guy around him and sucker punching him in the face after the play was blown dead, that, that that's that gets two minutes. He should have got two, two, and a game for that. You can't have that happen in the league when you in, I think he's like like uh, uh, 32 or 33. I have to oh, look that up. He's, he he's, he's up there in age. I thought he was older than that. Um, yeah, let me look it up right he here. For the Bruins, he, he used to play for the Bruins, and then he got traded away. Uh, here it is. Milan Lucic. Right here. Suspended for two games. He is 31 years of age. He has played 16 games this year. He's got three assists, three points, but he's a minus three. In his career, he has 198 goals, 306 assists. Um, penalty minute-wise, career-wise, uh, he has a total... Uh, he is a, a positive 93, but penalty minute-wise... He has over 1,102 minutes in penalties in his career in the NHL, and that's unacceptable. It really, it really is unacceptable for him to just go ahead and just sucker punch the guy. But, but it overshadows the point that the Jackets were absolutely horrible in the game against Calgary, and they lost the game three to nothing. They now go this upcoming Tuesday. They finish up the homestand where they go and play the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas, a good team this year, and then they hit the road for three games, which sees them going all over the fucking part of the country, pardon my language, all over the fucking part of the country. They go to Arizona, alright Nick, they go to Arizona, alright, they go to Colorado, and then they go to fucking Montreal. Well, that's weird. It's like, you go Arizona, Colorado, Montreal, well, yeah, and then, and then you come back for three games, I guess this defending Stanley Cup champion St. Louis, Montreal, and then you have Detroit for the first time. And then they go to Winnipeg. Again, another hockey night in Canada game for the Jackets. They play Winnipeg at Winnipeg, 7 o'clock. And then the week of Thanksgiving, at home against Ottawa, at home against Philadelphia, the day after Thanksgiving, it's Pittsburgh. It's the Ooh. first Pittsburgh game of the season. That'd be nice to watch. At, at home. Leftovers. And then the, then the next night, New York Islanders. Oh, okay. And then... Doug Hefferman. Yeah, Doug Hefferman and the Islanders come a-calling. But for me, the NHL is, is an interesting interesting storyline. You have the Buffalo Sabres that are second in the Eastern Conference. They're 9-4-2 with 20 points. Boston is a better team right now at 10-1. They have one regulation loss this year and two overtime losses. They're wow. 22 points. Wow. Metropolitan Division. Washington eleven two and three with twenty five points. The Islanders ten three and zero oh with twenty points. And Carolina, the bunch of jerks, are nine four and one with nineteen points. Columbus is in sixth spot in the wild card race. Sixth spot overall at five six and three with thirteen points. They still, it's early. We gauge this season. I gauge the NHL season on 20 games into the season. We were 14 games into the season. The book is still out. 
book is the book is out. I agree. The book is extremely out. But the one team that absolutely is shocking to me is the Red Wings. The Red Wings are atrocious. Blaschel, not the man for the job in Detroit. I'm going to tell you this, Red Wing fans, straight up. Blaschel's not the man. I got. I saw a guy last night at the Huntington Center wearing a shirt that said "Fire Blaschel." Already? Yes. Wow. Red shirt, Fire Blaschel with the hashtag logo on it. They only have nine points on the season. The Red Wings are four, ten, and one. Wow. That tells you something. Ottawa. Ottawa is the second worst team. They only have seven points, and they're three, eight, and one. Ottawa has more, has less losses than the Red Wings do this season. That tells you something. The West is pretty much the Central. The Hawks are, I think, still in a rebuild, I think, in my opinion. Uh, they should Just keep going. <laughs> you don't want to talk about it. He just keeps shaking his head. The Red, they only have played 13 games this year. The Hawks are 4-6-3 and three with 11 points this year. Uh, their differential, their goal differential is a negative 9. Um, in the division race-wise for them, they are second to last in the division at 4-6-3. At and three. The Wild are 4-9-1 and one with 9 points overall. So that's the team that's in behind them. Winnipeg is in fourth spot. As they are eight seven and zero with sixteen points, the defending Cup champion St. Louis is nine three and three with twenty one points. The Western Conference, the Kings are five nine and zero with ten points. Uh, Vegas is eight five and two with eighteen points. The top team in the Western Conference right now is the Edmonton Oilers, who are ten four and one with twenty one points. Vancouver nine three and two with twenty points overall. League wise. It's the Washington Capitals. They're the best team in all the league right now at 11-2-3 with 25 points. Like I said, early, can't gauge it. It's way too early. Call me in December when we start, when we, call me in mid-November once we get to Thanksgiving, towards the end of Thanksgiving and into December when we finally can make the right call because right now it's just it's just too early in the NHL season. Do you agree with me on that? Other than the fact that the Blackhawks are dead, yes. You think the Hawks are dead? No, they're dead. Oh, they're dead? They they quit on their coach, JC. Um, the same thing as the last couple of years. They have their defense. You think that Quinville was the bad was the was the, the bad move for them to let go Quinville because of how bad they were performing the last couple of years? Mm, I think it was time for him to go, but they should have fired Stan Bowman too. Yeah. If you're going to fire one, ownership fire should have fired the general manager and then the coach at the same time, bringing a whole new rebuild system. I agree with you on that. So I totally agree with you on that. Um, yeah, that's our brief NHL chat. We'll, we'll get, when we do our podcast more and more, we'll have more chatting because this is a bi-weekly podcast, like I mentioned before. Yes. So things change in the span of two weeks when we do our show. So... If you want full content for every day, that's why you listen to all Andy Alfred. Yes. That's a weekly pod. That's the weekly podcast. This is the bi-weekly podcast. As you're listening to Andy and Money right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you listen, wherever you listen. Thank you for tuning in. Do you have anything other sports-wise that you wanted to chime in on today? Do you want to talk about the NBA a little bit? Do you want to talk about 
if you want to talk about MLS, because I know there was a, a discussion on the t- on the, oh. on the on the table about MLS, or do you want to yes. table that for table that for the next sh- for the next show, or do you want to table that now? Or do you want to talk two about two things. Okay, talk about the Bulls. Huge disappointment. Okay, lost that game to the Knicks and the Cavs. They should have won. Fi- they got to fire uh, the coach, Bullen. The soccer scene in Columbus. Okay. You're not going to like this opinion one bit. Don't the taxpayers have more important things to fund than another arena for some billionaire? Um, well, let me just let me just say this. First of all, to to my crew fans, I love I love the crew. I've always loved the crew. Uh, I was there. I mean, I haven't. I've. That is one thing I have never been to, is a crew game. I've never been to a crew game. I've always wanted to go. And with the new stadium that's being built in the arena district, I will love that. I love that. Here's why I say this, Nick. You could ha- you're gonna have sporting events in that whole area all year round. You have the Clippers in ma- minor league baseball. You have the Jackets in NHL, and then you have MLS soccer that's gonna be taking place right in that spectrum area. Now, to your point about billionaires getting uh, taxpayers paying for billionaire stadiums. This is going to be a a, a thing for the taxpayers of Columbus to pay for for a little bit. But they're only paying 32% of the the build. And really all that they're going to supply, the cities and the taxpayers are supplying, are the roads around it, the parking lot structures, and the lighting fixtures. It is all going to be corporate donations it's also the, the Haslam's have purchased the team. So they are going to fund a lot of this. And it's also season ticket holders. And like I said, businesses are going to be pushing this. That's what they did in Columbus. It was it was John H. McConnell that built Nationwide Arena, basically. Because he was the the founder of Pilkington. And he was the, uh, not Pilkington, but the, 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 the company that is down there that is the major employer down there. And he vested into the community with entertainment value, and that was with the Arena District. And then he was the one that was the driving force of bringing an NHL franchise to Columbus because for the longest period of time, Columbus was an ECHL affiliation with the Columbus Chill, which who used to play with the Toledo Storm, who are now the Toledo Walleyes. Yes. There's your ECHL to NHL ratio situation for that. But to have the crew come from the Ohio State Fairgrounds, which is outside the city a little bit, to now coming into downtown is going to be beneficial when okay. it comes to that. I, I, I like it. I like the renderings, what I've seen, but it's renderings. I can't, I can't right. put, I can't put, uh, uh, when I see it in person and I'm stepping on onto the pitch and seeing it, that's when I believe it. But I love it that the crew gets to keep, stay in Columbus. Because that was the biggest push, because they wanted to put move the team to uh, to Houston, I think, or one of the yeah. They were going to move. Yes. They're going to move to Houston. The crew stays in Columbus, and then you have this. You have FC Cincinnati, down in in the MLS circuit. So now you have an in-state rival, which builds that MLS coverage a little bit more. You have the south portion of Ohio rooting for FC Columbus. You have the midpoint of Columbus, a uh, mid uh, the south side of Ohio. Rooting for FC Columbus, you have the Central State and a little bit of portion of the of Col- of Cleveland area to root for for the crew. Toledo is 
I, I unfortunately have to say this out loud, but Colum- the crew don't really get the following they get in Toledo than they than they would they would do down in Columbus or in down in uh, down in Dayton or down in down in Akron or anything of, of the smaller market teams. So wait a minute, there's the Columbus crew, and there's FC Columbus. FC no FC Cincinnati. Oh, okay. FC Cincinnati, and then there's the Columbus crew. Why are they so close to each other? Because FC Cincinnati was in the developmental league for the my for for ML for MLS. The longest period of time, but then ownership got because the crew were going to leave. They put the bid in for Ohio to get the MLS team. They got the bid. However, the crew got to stay in in the MLS because the Haslands bought the team. So now there's two teams in Ohio, and FC Cincinnati plays at where. At Nipper Stadium, where the Bobcats play at, and now and they want to build a new stadium in down in in the area in downtown of Cincinnati. But I don't see where they can put it. It's Cincinnati is pretty much the downtown area is pretty much set in stone, and that runs against the Ohio River. So there's no way you can build something upon or like a river basin that's right oh, there. Right. So that's yeah. that's one thing. Yeah. Number two, you've got. Where they're located at Nipper Stadium is technically right in the downtown market. University of Cincinnati is right in the downtown area, so they already built. If they if they're going to do it, they would just have to have Nipper Stadium rebuilt or remodeled. But the University of Cincinnati doesn't want to do that. So, no, no. so that's uh, that's something. But I think the crew staying in Columbus is a benefit to not only to the soccer in Ohio, but as well as soccer in. In all of the country with MLS too, because that is a great rivalry between. Now you have Cincinnati and Columbus playing against each other. Columbus also hates Red uh, hates LA Galaxy as well as the New York Red Bulls. I I think the stupid thing though is that having two teams in New York, in my opinion. Oh, they can no, they, 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 they can, no, no 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 no. Let me finish. Let me finish. You play F, uh, New York FC plays at Yankee Stadium, and they're owned by the Yankees. I think that is a bad move, in my opinion. The Red Bulls have been in MLS for the longest period of time. They've been rated and they've been they've been they've been derated and degraded because of FC New York being in MLS now. And everybody's going to because they can reuse Yankee Stadium for not only for for baseball, but they can use it for soccer. And now they're using it for the NFL with the pin, with, not the NFL, but oh, the with pinstripe the pinstripe bowl. bowl, with the pinstripe bowl. Well, LA's got two teams as well. I mean, LA's got two teams, but they can afford two teams because of how big the California market is. I mean, look at look New at York's not a big market. No, pardon me. New York is a big market, but when you have a team in New Jersey, you have a team in New England, you have a team in Connecticut. Oh really? Yeah. So, really. uh, yeah, there might be a little bit of oversaturation in the MLS, but in overall, I think it's, I think. Well, let's talk about the coolest team in the MLS, the Fire. Fire. Chicago Fire. Chicago Fire. They play at Soldier Field. So now. they play at Soldier Field now. I I do like that, and that's another rivalry for the crew. The crew they have a that's a that's. Technically, yeah. Consider- when the fire comes, the crew we should go to a game. You should. We should. We should absolutely should. I think I like I like Portland. I like the the Timbers of Portland. That's that. They're a good. They're a good team. 
as well as well, the Sounders of Seattle is pretty good too. Oh, they're crazy! They love their they they love their soccer up there in Seattle. I love I, and I love watching the games. Atlanta's got a good team too. Atlanta's now playing in where the where the the Falcons play at. Oh, Mercedes Benz. Mercedes Benz, and they, you know, that's where the crew made it into the into the MLS Cup a couple years ago. They had to go to penalty kicks for it. So oh. I mean, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with the crew. As you are listening to Andy and Money tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Cast, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. I get a notification just right now on my phone right here. Notably cooler in Sylvania, Ohio. I'm here in Oregon, in the Oregonian area, and I'm getting a notification on Sylvania, but you know that just says a lot. So um, it is now time for. It's time for Andy and Money After Hours. After Hours. As we're going to be talking about anything that's on our mind, anything that's, um, uh, anything's off, nothing's off limits. You can talk about anything we want. I want to start first and foremost with a rant. Okay? Okay. Today, I sampled the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Oh. Okay. This is an Alfred food review. As Nick would always say this. To be honest, it, I'd rather have Chick-fil-A. It's just a chicken sandwich, It's right? just a chicken sandwich. I don't see what the big fascination is. Yes, the bun is nice and, you know, nice and fresh. It's almost like a almost like a Hawaiian-style bread. Uh, the pickles are okay, but if I'm push comes to shove, I'm just taking it, taking it for granted, and I'll take a Chick-fil-A sandwich over... Over that Baptist bullcrap. I mean, it really is. What about what about the Wendy's chicken sandwich? Wendy's chicken sandwich is pretty good. The spicy chicken sandwich is pretty good. I, I, if I had to rank my chicken sandwiches, Chick Fil A spicy chicken sandwich is number one. Okay. Wendy's is a solid number two. Popeye's chicken is like a solid four. Now, do they put any herbs or anything on it? It's the same breading as what a Popeye's Popeye's so chicken like, would be. They, Quote Cajun unquote well, season, yeah, okay. and I think it's it's pretty. I mean, it, it is pretty tasty, but at the same time, if if you put it apples to oranges, I'd rather have a Chick Fil A sandwich over a, a Popeyes chicken sandwich. And hearing all and seeing all the videos on on Twitter and on Snapchat and on Facebook of people in line for these things and the employees fighting over it over in in the store. Because of it, I mean, it's a damn chicken sandwich, folks. Just, it's a damn chicken sandwich. There's no point to it. I mean, hell, if you want a, if you want a good chicken sandwich, go to freaking, go, go to your frozen food section, buy a bag of Tyson frozen chicken breasts, and then, and then throw it in an air fryer, and slap it between two buns and some pickles and some mayonnaise. That's just what, that's what... For me, that's what the Popeye sandwich tasted like to me. To be honest, guy, if I and I, I, I love watching the these guys out of Chicago. They're called the Number Six with Cheese guys. I absolutely love them. I, if they ever come back to Toledo, because one of them is actually from Sylvania. Oh, okay. Uh, if they ever came back, I'd like for for me and Nick to do a food review together with them because I could tell you straight up, straight straight to a fact, I'm not a big fan of the Popeye's chicken sandwich. They gave it a five out of five. If I have to give it anything, I give it a three out of five. In my how, opinion, how much was the chicken sandwich? Chicken sandwich is is for the combo. 
is seven ninety nine. The sandwich, Jeez. the sandwich by itself is three ninety nine. Alright. So it's four dollars for the sandwich, but you know, they take they pull they had it out for two weeks, so they pull it, bring it back, you know, it's almost like the McRib. Like yeah. when they Oh yeah, that's back now. And the McRib is out now and you know you ever had a McRib? I've had a McRib. I'm not a big I've, fan. I haven't I'm, had one. You know, the, you, you're not missing much. You're not missing much. The McRib is not that great. I I don't think it's Mc. I don't. I think it. I don't think the McRib is great. Okay. You know, um, it's it feels like it feels like if you're. It, it honestly is as like when you if you've ever seen the episode of The Simpsons. Yes. When when he has the rib, which that's exactly how you feel. The first bite is what you feel, and then after that. No good. No bueno. No bueno. No bueno. But yeah, uh, I had the chicken sandwich finally. Not a big fan. And um, yeah, so uh, like I said, uh, this is uh, this is after hours, so I'm going to let Nick take the floor now. I too am going to do a, a beverage review. Okay. Uh, I tried the Coca-Cola with cinnamon. Ooh, the holidays. Um, I've had it out of a can and out of a bottle. I'm going to tell you right now. Get it out of a bottle. Really? It tastes not bad out of a can, but it tastes different. It tastes better out of a bottle. And out of the bottle, it would, it tasted 50-50 Coke and cinnamon. You drink it, and you're trying to think, well, it, does it taste more like a cola, or does it taste more like cinnamon? And let me tell you, it's near, it's near uh, even, Stevens. Um... I got it at Meyer. Okay. The Meyer in Oregon. We all we say corporate yeah, names. Yeah, we, okay. say. we went to the Meyer in Oregon. I was gonna say I said Popeyes. Oh, that's true. And you said Wendy's. Yeah, so, Wendy's. And and Chick Fil A. So yeah. you're, you're you're probably consumed. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, drink it cold. The first night drink was warm, so it wasn't. Mm, but drink it cold and I have a bottle, and it's it's pretty good. Will I, will I drink all the time? Probably not. Well, just have, during the holiday season. Yeah. Well, I have another couple. Until New Year, definitely. Have you had the new Winterberry from uh, the Winterberry from Sprite? Yes, I think that is the best soda, and that I think that's one of the best ones that they've had. I hate cranberry juice, so I, I disagree. I, but here's the thing: what shocked me the most was that a a, a two liter bottle of Sprite is a hundred and fifty calories per serving. Okay, the bottle of the Winterberry is a hundred and twenty calories. How the hell? It's the same sprite. How is it thirty calories difference? Because they blew it down with cranberry juice. It must be. It must be. But it, now, it do you take, like cranberry juice? I do like cranberry juice. I like pomegranate juice. I like ooh, I love pomegranate juice. I like pomegranate juice. I like uh, I like I like cranberry juice. Um, I like I I do like like that kind of a. My favorite winter soda, though, to to my liking, was the Pepsi. Holiday spice. Holiday yes. spice. Yes. Yes. I wish yes, they would King. bring. I wish they would bring that back. Me too. Just, just, just for one time, because it was oh, when we. Had, it was back. That was back in like the two thousand early yeah, two thousand three or four. Three or four oh, when it, it came was out. It was so good. And it came in that Christmas packaging. With the red label around the top yes! of it, and it was like, oh. and it had it had a Christmas tree and a and a guy and a and his son holding a can of Pepsi, and it was Pepsi Holiday Spice, and it was perfect. It was, it was a so good blend. Good. So when the Coke came out with cinnamon, I said, 
hmm, I wonder what it's going to taste like. Then I saw your review, and I said, I might have to try. I yeah. might have to try it. So I mean, it's it's not as good as the Pepsi Holiday Spice because that stuff may have been the goat. Yes, it may have been the goat. This is a good consolation prize. Consolation prize, yes. So I I give it uh, a three and a half out of five. I'll say a four out of five. Oh, three and a half. Oh, it's a four out of five. Four okay. out of five. Yes. I I think you go three and a half because you know you've had it. You had it in the can. It was not that great in the can. Then you had it in the bottle and it was like cold, ice cold, and it was like totally mm, different. So yeah, so great cold out of the bottle. Don't drink it warm out of a can like a, a dummy like I did. <laughs> it won't do it justice. Do you have any like? Um, I I know you do all the you do all the Japanese stuff. Yes. I saw the I I wanted I wanted to pick your brain about the Kit Kat thing I saw the other the Kit Kat. Oh, which one? The one that you just recently did with the what was it? I, it wasn't the banana, but it was it was something else. Oh, salt lemon. Salt lemon. That's it. Ugh. Ugh. So the worst one was that the worst candy that you had out of that whole package so out far? of Japan. Yeah, I'd say the the worst one was probably that or um. Well, I got another review coming up that I don't really like, so I don't want to spoil it though. Okay. Uh, where people, where can people listen to the food reviews and everything like that? At youtube.com slash my YouTube channel is from two thousand seven, and back then you could have custom URLs. Now you have to be. Um, What's it License called? and everything. Yeah. You have to have followers and verified. So I, so that's all my my old my channel is. But so you can find my channel at youtube.com backslash or slash whatever you want to call it, White Socks nine zero one. That's how old that channel is. Yeah, it's from two thousand seven, and uh, I do Japanese food reviews. That's called Umami AF playlist, and then I do regular food reviews, which are called my janitorial reviews. I took the gaming stuff down because my channel was kind of it was I was doing everything on there. I was doing vlogs, I was doing video games, I was doing sports, I was doing food reviews. So I said, no, if you want to build an audience, you kind of have to connect it down. Yeah. So the sports or not the sports, the video games are coming back on a separate channel to be released later. Okay. So I'll have to make sure I put that on my channel when I have. And anything, anything that you want to pass along, gaming wise, that you that you think it's interesting to note, because we're getting ready to come up on the holiday season, and I know a lot of the distributors are going to be getting ready to pass everything out. So, what, what do you have anything that we should be looking out at? Um, well, next year, both the new, um, I mean, like Christmas twenty twenty time, yeah. the PS five comes out. And the new Xbox, right now it's called Xbox Scarlet. I don't think that'll be the actual name for it. So, right so that's just a prototype name? Yeah. So the Xbox One and the PS4. PS5? Well, no. The current the current, the current PS4 games. and the current Xbox One, they're on the way out. Because they're releasing new consoles next year, Microsoft and Sony. Okay. So if you want the in-console that's going to be games produced for years to come, um, that's out now, get the Switch. Get the Switch. Don't get the Switch Lite. The Switch Lite's a hundred bucks cheaper, but you can't dock it. You have to play it like a Game Boy or a DS. Like an old PSP that you used to yes. play. Like, yes. So I recommend just spend the extra hundred bucks, get the Switch console, get Super Mario Odyssey, get Crash Bandicoot, get uh, Pokemon Let's Go. Those are pretty fun games. But I recommend for the holidays, if you have a, a loved one, get a, get a Switch. Okay. 
Anything so and those games are the ones that you're looking. Those are my favorite. Those so are your favorites yes. so far. Did you like the? I forgot to ask you because we haven't had a chance to do chat with you. Do you like? I I talked to you briefly when uh, off the air about the the announcement that Nintendo had during the during the like the announcement of all the games and everything like that. And then I did see a review that you did with um like all the old. Uh, Super Nintendo Entertainment oh, System yes. games. I want, yes. I, is that a good recommendation for people if they if they want to relive some of their past days, like all the old games like that? Yes. Uh, if you get the Switch Online, which for a year, it's kind of like the, the PS Live and the Xbox Game Pass, okay. whatever. Okay. It's 20 bucks for a whole year, not a month, a whole year, 12 months, $20. 20 and you get to download the NES games and the SNES games. And... When they released the SNES games, um, they said they weren't going to do the regular upload pattern, which for the regular Nintendo games, it was three games a month, every month. Okay. The When the Super Nintendo came out, they said, no, we're going to change it up. They haven't released any new games yet, and that dropped in September. Yeah. So we'll have to wait do you think, see. Do you think they'll drop more when the holidays come? Oh, so they'll yeah. put up. I mean, I, I did see that they had the Super, uh, Super Mario World, they had the Yoshi's Island, they had... They had uh, Techno Bull was on yes. there too. They have uh, Mario Kart. They have uh, the original Mario Kart. Yes, not Super Mario Kart. Um, I I think they have uh, I think Star Fox is on there. Yeah, Star Fox is on there. Zero yeah. is on there. I've Go- seen that. Ghosts and Ghouls is on there. A lot of good games. So I think when they do the next release, it's hopefully sometime soon. I think that's when we'll see like Donkey Kong Country, maybe Mega Man Seven, maybe uh, Mario RPG, uh, Earthbound. I think will come eventually. So, you feel that? Do you think that? Um, what is what has been the biggest flop so far for Nintendo so far? For the like, Switch. For the Switch. Oh man, uh, maybe Labo. Yeah, that's what I think it is. But other than that, they they've been killing it. It's uh, the Switch will be three years old in March, and in three years, it has already. Do you think it'll get an upgrade? I, there's rumors that there'll be a Switch Pro that comes out, which will run in 4K and all that, at the higher resolution and graphics. But the Switch, after this holiday season, is going to outsell the Xbox One, which has been out wow. since, like, 13 or 14 years. How, how quick is that going to outsell by the PS4, then? Or has that already passed already? It, I, don't, <clears throat> I don't think it'll ever sell. The PlayStation's always... The last PlayStation is almost like the top. Oh of the yeah, crew. the only time that PlayStation was not number one since they've been the out. Wii? Yeah, the Wii beat it, but the PS One crushed the N sixty four and the Sega Saturn. Uh, the PS Two absolutely fucking destroyed the Dreamcast. The Dreamcast it, it drove the Dreamcast out of business, and it crushed and it crushed the GameCube, and it crushed the regular Xbox One, and the PS Three came in second place on the Wii, but the PS4 crushed the Xbox One. It really, really crushed the Wii U. The Wii U only sold like 20 million fucking copies. Wow. I still like the Wii U, though. I'll defend the Wii U to the death. I love the thing. Okay. So that's what you get when you listen to Andy and Money After Hours. Yeah, After Hours. And so, again, like I said, this is a bi-weekly podcast, so we'll be back in two weeks. That will be the... What did I say it was? going to be the 21st or 22nd, I believe. Or let me look it up here again. We will be back on the year on the 18th, the 18th of November, which will be another edition of Andy and Money. We'll have all our 
talks and all our our discussions and so much more on everything. But again, plugging the Twitter handles. N-I-C-K-O-F-Y-P-R-E-S, Nick Avipre. And then I'm at All Andy Alford, of <clears> course. Uh, we'll have All Andy Alford, the regular episode, tomorrow. Right here on the Anchor Network and the All Andy Alford Network. But until then, this is Andy Alford and Nick DeVera signing off from the Man Cave Studios tonight. Yes. And uh, we'll talk to you guys. Uh, talk to you guys in two weeks. <laughs> Love you guys. Adios.